0: Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Cool. Well, I'm here with uh, a man who I've met um, off and on, uh, signing near my apartment. And he, uh, you know, when, I, when I've when i seen him in the past, he's older gentleman, sort of. I shouldn't know. Is older appropriate word to use? Mm, <laughs> yeah. uh, a little bit older gentleman. Uh, not that old, though. And uh, he, uh, you know, when I've seen him, on, on, on after talking to him and stuff like that, I could definitely just sense, like, he just like he was in a lot of despair much a lot of times and he was just not doing well but i'm glad i connected with him because he just seemed like a, a genuinely good guy who you know needed people to hear him out and his experience and like just uh you know help him get in a, in a place where he can get start over again with his life in many ways but without me trying to explain his life for him i'm gonna let him start explaining a little bit more so tell us your name uh your age now and where are you from
1: well, my name is Matthew Nelson. I'm 44 years old, uh, February 16th of 2017, and I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota.
0: You don't look 44, man. I don't. I was I was wrong about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's okay, though. I've, I've noticed a lot of uh, people who um, are homeless tend to look a little bit older than they really are. So yeah. it's not an uncommon thing, actually. And I get that a lot. I believe it. So Matthew, you said you were from St. Paul. You grew up there. I did. You did. So tell me about life as a young Matthew Nelson uh, in St. Paul. What, uh, where'd you grow up? Well, it's kind of it like,
1: interesting. Like? Uh, you know, I grew up on Rice Street in St. Paul. And as far as growing up on Rice Street, it's a whole different neighborhood over there right now. Um, for me, growing up on Rice Street, it was basically a more uh, German, Swedish neighborhood. Uh, went to school at North End Elementary. Went to school at Washington Junior High. In ninth grade, I went to Como Senior High for uh, ninth grade, but I played a lot of hockey. You're still a your hockey player, or you enjoy hockey? Anyway? I do. I did I did enjoy hockey. Uh, my, my family, though, my mother and my father, my dad was a one-percenter. He's a, uh, how do you call it, outlaw biker? He was. Outlaw well,
0: biker. I've never heard that phrase. What does that mean?
1: Well, one, a one-percenter. And it's if you ever watch like the History Channel and stuff like that, you know, Gangland and stuff like that. Oh, okay. One percenter means that ninety nine percent of bikers they're good. Okay. But there's that one percent There's the
0: outlaws. Interesting. Okay.
1: And so growing up in that, um, situation, you know, with my mother and my father, I was an only child and I was sent over to the other part of town, West Seventh Street. Just the other side of town of Saint Paul and you know, I you know, spend the weekend with my cousins, you know, same age as me and stuff Well, my mom and dad are at home partying with the, with the Outlaw Biker Club, you know. And so that left a lot of time for me to experiment, you know, with what with, with kids experiment with, you know, whether it's smoking pot or going to concerts, crashing concerts, what
0: we used to do at the old Civic Center down in St. Paul, uh, you know. and So you kind of grew up in a rather tumultuous lifestyle would you say or is it more fun like party-esque lifestyle
1: well for me it was it was fun but my dad was also 27 years navy um you know he was a he wasn't strict he was a i mean I, it was a great child that i had okay you know at the time i thought man this is the life man <laughs> you know, I, I got the presents you know i had the big family on my mom's side you know with all the cousins and aunts and uncles that i had it was a you know, I grew up great, man. But it was them weekends that were alone most every weekend with my cousins over on the West Side. You know, I we found a lot of trouble to get in, and it wasn't trouble. You know, breaking into stuff, you know, and beating up people. It was, you know, just hey, you know, okay, this is Matt and his cousins. You know, or were you I,
0: were you the youngest among the cousins? Were you in the middle? Of what like what, what? I
1: was right around the youngest. Right yep. around the youngest. Okay. Yep. And how many of there were you about? Well, there was the two that I went to, my uh, Tom and Chris. I mean, They're like brothers of mine, you know, Tom, Chris, and Dan. And Dan
0: was a little bit younger than me, as a matter of fact, so I guess... That's right. I remember you telling me that uh, when I said my name is Dan, that you were like, oh, yeah, I have a cousin named Dan or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And but you were had, really close, too.
1: And real close, too, yeah. And there was a few female cousins, Lisa and Miranda, you know, right around our age, too, um, that we all just kind of babysat each other, you know, watched Friday night videos and you know, David Letterman or whatever on the weekends, man. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that was at the time, too, that when um, VCRs, you didn't, you bought, and if I'm not making this too, we used to rent VCRs, our folks did back in them days. You know, you can buy them and they cost too much damn money. So when we come, mm-hmm. when I come home on the weekends, yeah. you know, on Sunday morning, stepping over bikers and stuff. And sit down and watch the movies that Mom and Dad and the bikers had watched. You know, it was a it was a great thing. You know, and I, I had a great childhood. I, you know, and interesting. It was, it was interesting.
2: It was
0: so okay. Your your mother your your father was in the bike. was worked in the navy, as still the time. But yep. on the weekend or on the weekends, he would do his biker lifestyle thing. Well, he, more, he uh, was
1: trying. Vietnam. He was a Vietnam vet. Okay, and he was kind of a weekend warrior. Is what you call it these days, like a reservist but oh. 27 years okay and so you know once a month three times i suppose at two weeks a year he'd be gone you know across the country across the world wherever doing the navy thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and me and mama left together and that when he'd come home he'd do his biker thing but which that, means
0: he wouldn't be home that much <laughs> he wouldn't be home and he yeah.
1: you know there was times many times you know sleeping in bed i remember he'd come home drunk saying you know hey, amen you know and I'd pretend like I'm trying to be sleeping, you know, and he'd mm. sit there and cry and tell me stories about Vietnam and stuff,
0: wow.
2: you
1: know. Whoa. No shit, it was,
0: it was, it was pretty rough. And you're, and you're, like, half conscious because you're trying to sleep. Well, or, half or conscious. Or you're trying to ignore him. Well, well,
1: I wasn't trying to do it either because, you know, oh, okay. it was just happening so many times oh, throughout my life okay. at that time. Okay. You know, Dad come home drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, and bless his heart, he wasn't mean, he wasn't violent, never hit my mom, never hit me, you know, unless if I you just know, just not the easiest it.
0: person to connect with necessarily.
1: Not at the time it wasn't, okay. you know.
0: Okay. So tell me about your mother. What about her?
1: My mom, she was a she was the working lady of the house. You know, she uh, she'd always worked, she loved me and my dad. And she had she was a matriarch, except for her mother, my grand my grandmother, one of my grandmothers at the time. Hmm. And she was just, you know, gosh, you know, she was she was everything, man. <laughs> she was she was real cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you uh, what traits do you think you you have from your your parents at this point in your life? Would you say that you are glad that you have anyway? Well,
1: you know, in a, in a, you know, uh, the drinking part I think came from both mom and dad. Okay. You know, whether mom didn't you know she didn't drink a heck of a lot herself, but I got the drinking part with my dad. But I also got you know, family values. It's about, you know, loving your children, going to work every day. And set an example for your children. Sure. You know, as far as, look, man, if mom and dad saying together, we're raising you, going to school. And if you don't go to school, you know, look, man, you're going gonna to hear about it. Yeah. If we're going to hear a report card or something that's bad, hey, mm-hmm. you're going to hear about it. You're mm-hmm. going to get grounded for it.
0: Mm-hmm. So there was some discipline there. Sure, there was a yep. Cool. You said that you had a lot of cousins. Did, did you have any siblings? I didn't have no siblings. No. So you were an only child, pretty much. Yeah. Gotcha. So what was that like? Would you say? Was it? Well, for me, it was, was great. What it was? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: especially because mom and dad both liked to work. Okay. You know, and so I got presents. You know, and I got you know the clothes and stuff. Um, you know, not the fanciest clothes. You know, because we weren't rich by any means. We weren't barely middle class. Mm-hmm. But the neighborhood that I grew up in, the the person that my dad was, mm-hmm. and the person that my mom was with her family, was all combined. It just it led for me to have just uh, great experiences in in, in a childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. especially in my neighborhood and with my mom and with my cousins and stuff. Cause they kind of looked, you know, they're a little upset, you know, cause they, all my cousins' stuff had brothers and sisters, you know. You know, here and there. And so you kind of were,
0: felt left out with having not having any siblings. But it wasn't – you still had them. I had them. And that was the important thing. Did you live close to them? It seemed like you probably did. Yeah,
1: you know, right with, across town.
0: Within blocks, nothing else. Oh, across yeah. town, gotcha. Yeah, a couple miles. No big deal. Mm. Especially when you're out and about doing anything. You would just bike to their house every day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, anyway.
1: we go to the beach all the time, man, down to McCarran's and Rice Street or Phelan over on the east side or, hmm. you know, and Nkoma says I got a little older, but yeah. anyways, yeah.
0: Where did you want to be when you were a kid? I mean, you, you said you enjoyed hockey, but was there anything like that, that really stuck out to you? Man, I'd love to do that for yeah. the rest of my life or whatever.
1: Yeah, for, well, for me also, my dad was a singer. He made an album. Okay. He, uh, he made an album. He always, you know, he uh, sang overseas in Vietnam. He sang in town here, uh, many of the clubs down here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, for me, it was music. You know, I, I wanted to be a singer, and I, I realized that when I was very young. You know, what
0: kind of singing did it matter?
1: Well, for my dad, it was a lot of Elvis Presley. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you know, with having a lot of albums, and every Christmas, like from grandma or even mom and dad, I got a new album, like Billy Joel or something. Yeah. My I can't. My first album was. Uh, A-track of Pat Benatar, you know, <laughs> Hit Me With Your best Shot. I'll never
2: forget,
0: man, <laughs> the, the one A-track I ever had in my life. Hit me with your best shot. Yeah. I'm not going to sing any more than that. I'm sorry, listen to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you sing it all right? Or, or not? Nothing. I don't Benatar. even know the lyrics. No, not Pat
1: Benatar, but it started out, okay. you know, Billy Joel. You know, it was Elvis Presley at first with my dad yeah. and stuff. and Okay. You know, going on to rock and roll, you know, Billy Squire, Motley Crue. Yeah, I used to be a break dancer too back in the day.
0: You were a break I mean, dancer? Yes, huh?
1: man. Break and street. That is not easy
0: to do. It's <laughs> not, man.
1: I used to carry around my cardboard box and my boom box down <laughs> on Rice Street, man, yeah. and even downtown St. Paul, and, you know, doing a lot of break dancing and stuff. And so, how
0: old were you around when you did break dancing? About
1: uh, fifth grade, sixth okay. grade. Okay. And when the break dancing was, you know, that was right around 1984, I guess when Purple Rain was coming out. And uh-huh. now we we're kind of switching around and too to, uh, you know, for me it was Rock and Roll Motley crew was coming yeah. out, you know. But just before that, you know, just before Purple Rain in 83, 84, it was a breakdance, you know, and it was a lot of fun.
0: How'd you feel when, when you found out Prince dad
1: Oh, man, for me, I was in the workhouse, you okay. know, yeah. uh, Hennepin County Workhouse, April uh, 2016. You know, and Roger Nelson, that's his name, man. What are we oh. call him Rod, and that's my dad's name, Roger Nelson. So we used to have people call up my house all the time back in the day. Is, <laughs> is Prince there? Is Prince there? And finally, oh I was God. like, yeah, just hold up, man. I mean, and I go, yeah, this is Prince. Man, this ain't Prince. I know it ain't Prince because this ain't Prince's house. <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> that's hilarious yeah man <laughs> dude your dad's name is Prince. your dad's prince tell man. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah
1: roger nelson that's my dad. roger right. david nelson as you know no yeah
2: and i was say... a lot of roger nelsons in
0: the world it's you know, honest yeah, mistake right yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. i didn't even know prince's name was a roger nelson i had yeah. forgotten anyway yeah. so
2: uh-huh.
0: i see so uh you said you were like fifth grade so that's like what age is that that's uh uh roughly five ten years old yeah five ten years 1011 yeah, year. yeah. yeah ten years old or so what what can, like okay so you enjoyed singing a lot Or at least I you enjoyed did. the idea of singing anyway oh, I don't know yeah. if, I don't know if you're a good singer you haven't actually you did sing just before I pressed record well, so not. <laughs> I think that's where you want to stop singing I tell it no, right no, no, you,
1: I'm a singer I tell you I got I got a jam so
0: play. so okay so What style of singing do you typically enjoy, Matthew?
1: For me, I like 80s. 80s? You know, yeah, I was in the 80s cover band. So have you
0: done any, like, you were in an 80s cover band, so what was your favorite song to cover?
1: Well, I guess, you know, looking back, I guess it would be, like, Home Sweet Home.
0: Home, sweet home. Yeah. Home? Wait. Motley Crew. That's okay. I don't know enough Motley Crew songs apparently because yeah. it doesn't sound familiar yeah. to me. I thought you were gonna say Sweet Home." Well, and Metallica, something.
1: you know, and I okay. like, Of course, I love the old seventies rock too. Yeah. And I like, you know, Leonard Skinner. Man, I love them guys. And yeah. Elton John. Mm. You know. Um,
0: Want to sing "Rocket Man" for me? <laughs> say when. Just now. Just, just give me <laughs> a little. I packed my
1: bags last night pre-flight zero hours
2: nine
0: a.m and i'm gonna be high as a kite by then nice thank you i yeah. <laughs> hope, hope <laughs> our listeners were singing along yeah <laughs> fantastic I, I honestly don't know those lyrics i know i know the the chorus to rock it, man i'm not a elton, hardcore elton john fan apparently but mm-hmm. i trust that those lyrics do they have some meaning for you or are they just good lyrics you think
1: just good lyrics for me for elton john you know uh, yeah yeah one song that turned in to his mind was your song and that's by Elton John you know and it just turned into my dad's song even before he passed away mm. you know and I like country music too you know okay
0: Don't, so you, you like a little bit of everything yeah tell me you like hardcore rap at least a little bit
1: hardcore rap yeah I'm well, joking, man, I'm, joking. I, I'm joking well <laughs> no man I'm not boasting the whole yeah. pardon my friends I tell you I grew up you know when heart when NWA came out and Easy E yeah I mean, holy moly! I tell you what, and then ready for for the world, man. Uh, We used to get, uh, you know, the girls with that in high (laughs)
0: school. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. Back in the day. Back in the day. So, going going to more academic focuses. What? What? I mean, you you liked music, you liked singing, you liked hockey. What were you? what, What was your academics like? Were you a decent student?
1: Well, I, and I was, I, um, you know, again, hockey really helped me out, you know, sports being younger and stuff, but, you know, growing up on Rice Street, kind of what my dad was into kind of led me to, uh, he started smoking pot, okay. you know, it's, you know, i never forget the first day of junior high getting stoned and going into class and just laughing, you know, and yeah. we used to do a lot of roller skating back in them days too, mm, Sure. you know, and that first day, right around the first day of seventh grade, you know, started tripping on acid too, hmm. you know. So how
0: old were you, would you say about that time, 14, 15? Twelve years old. Twelve 11, years old. Yeah, dude. twelve, 12
1: old. years old, Yeah, seventh okay. grade. And uh like plus, but I or stayed or or in school, you know, because right. I was worried about mom, I was worried about dad. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stay in school because that's what my cousins were doing too. We were all yeah. staying in school, you know. And yeah. uh, So my, my role was to be this singer. Uh-huh. It always has been. Just to be a singer, man, and you know, um, cause it, you know, especially with Dad, cause he he's still singing at the time too. Whether it was being in the Navy, he was still in the Navy, and being in a bike club at the time, he was still in a bike club. Yeah. But he always sang, you know, and you hmm. know that was my thing too, you know. Bless his heart. And so I went into high school after that, but still smoking pot. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I started getting in trouble, you know, getting found.
0: Because was this with your cousins or was this just, just people who you my wanted to be friends cool.
1: with? Okay. Well, and my cousins, too, especially. They were like my brothers. Okay, sure. On the opposite side of town, you know, so I had both sides. I was on Rice Street and these guys were over on, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, I'm doing those. Well, they were on the west side of you know, West 7th Street in yeah. St. Paul, you know, and it's yeah.
0: kind of two different worlds, you know, and, hmm. So you, you, not only did you have your cousins, but you also had some just people in friends. your school that you are friends that were just kind of, would you say they influenced you, or you were, you were kind of just into it anyway? Like, it wasn't that hard for you to be convinced you should swear Well, and right I or. want to
1: say the one thing, too, is because yeah. because who my dad was, he uh, was right. one of the founding members of this bike club in St. Paul. There's, okay. there's three, as okay. far as I'm concerned, in Minnesota. Okay. You know, and I'm not going to mention the three, but there's the three main three here in Minnesota. Sure. Well, the kids that had... Their fathers in his bike club. That's who I was going to school with too. You know that I'd seen in hallways and stuff. That makes sense. And so these are people that I'd talk to outside of school. And you grew
0: up with them a little bit too, I I I imagine. So you know, and you're all part of the same kind of influences, perhaps. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which you know might lead you to do make not so wise choices like smoke marijuana or whatever the case may be. Exactly.
1: Or, you know, and not only marijuana, you know, them days, you know, it was you know, mm-hmm. the acid.
0: It was early days when people didn't even know what that stuff was. You no, know, <laughs> um, these
1: days I couldn't imagine a seventh grade kid getting high on cocaine, Yeah, you know, okay. or acid, but that's what we were doing back then. Yeah.
0: Sure. So before getting more into the kind of drug related side mm-hmm. of things, educationally, like what was your favorite subject? Did you enjoy any particular subjects?
1: Gymnastics.
0: <laughs> Straight up.
1: Uh, gym, yeah, gym. Um, it was, uh, you know, playing hockey at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you like being athletic? I like
0: being athletic. Yeah. Gotcha. No uh, no, no uh, classroom stuff that really appealed to you at all? No. Nope. No? No. You just did it because you had to do it and you were done? Yeah, that's it, man. Gotcha. So what kind of, like, what parts of gym class? You like? hockey. What else did you like gym athletically?
1: Well, for me it was... Um just being around you know pretty girls of course you know the and the you know i i wasn't a jock by any means mm-hmm. man, because i wasn't i never made the hockey team in high school man. Okay. And yeah. never made you know i played peewee hockey and stuff but it was uh, just being athletic, you know, running around and stuff, burning out that energy and <laughs> maybe yeah. just staying away from the teachers and stuff because I was stoned sometimes,
2: That's you know. Gross.
0: But you said you were a good student. So tell me how yeah. you managed to be a good student and, like, be high all the time. Wait, I, no, I wasn't high okay. all the time. Okay, okay. It, it, was of, it, was
1: be, it was because of if I, if I had brothers, uh-huh. not only cousins, but if I had brothers, I'd probably be a better student because just like my cousins are now, they they got families, man. Got great kids, man. and But it was my cousins that led me into the way that, look, hey, man, I stay in school because my cousins are in school. Yeah. And their parents are proud of them. Mm-hmm. Our mom's proud of them. Yeah. And shit, man, you know, my parents are proud of me.
0: So speaking of that, like, did they know that you were... Kind of indul- indulging in like various drugs. My and parents, like- yeah, sure. Yeah. Today, would they think of that, or did they care? They didn't like it at all.
1: Mm-hmm. No, nope, not one bit. Yeah, you know, and mom, you know, she tried to keep it from pop. You know, because my dad, you know, he's disciplinarian. You know, right. he was he was Navy. He never did drugs.
0: Hmm. You know, he, he alcohol he, was he, his alcohol. He drank, his, yeah, but he never did drugs. Not, yeah. not never in his life yeah. did he do drugs. Yeah. So when you when he knew you were doing it disciplinary all the way or what? Well, you know, he I mean, there what could he do? You know, I mm. mean cuz he was with
1: the 1%er bike club, right. you know. He right. was,
0: he knew the influences there kind of Yeah. Thing. yeah. yeah. Was there a lot of drugs going on in, in in the bike club? Not at all. Nope, not okay. that I
1: was around cuz again, they sent me off to where So I, you're
0: the, you were still young so they didn't, they, you weren't involved in the, the old no, things. No, but yeah. I
1: knew with my uncles, my mom's brothers and sisters, my mom the sober one now. Yeah. She uh, you know, she she couldn't do nothing but her brothers and sisters, you know, which were great people, right. too, my aunts and uncles. But right. they were selling dope, you know, and that's, yeah, they kind of got me into, the you know, selling a bag every now and then if I needed it, you know. they mm. give me something. Yeah, you know, I can't smoke all this myself, man. <laughs> uh, you know I'm going to sell some of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it seems to me like it was it was not the most – I don't know, appropriate environment for a kid to be, to no, grow up in. it wasn't. And in hindsight, I mean, not that you could have done anything about it in hindsight, but in hindsight, like, would you raise your kid in that sort of environment, you think? Or would it, it I mean, would not. Yeah, why not?
1: No, I would not. Um, you know, because, I mean, again, back in them days, I mean, it was the movies. It was one thing about well, movies and arcade games yeah. with kids back then. Mm-hmm. You know, we loved to watch movies, you know, go to the movies. But right. when the VCRs came out, yeah. you know, and that's what our folks like, too, because it was new to them, too. Right. You know, sure. and the video games. Finally, the Atari came out, you know, and yeah. I, my parents got me one of those, <laughs> man. It was awesome, man, you know, I being you.
0: the only child. I got that, too, when I was a kid. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you so, ever play Joust? Do you remember the game Joust? Joust, man, you should love Joust, Joust man, is awesome, The two ostriches,
1: man. The <laughs> ostriches, yeah, man.
0: I would play Joust for an hour straight before going yeah. to school when I got that console. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so much fun. Uh, you what? Know, well, there's that other game, too, where you would, you would like...
1: Pitfall, pitfall. man. Pitfall. That, that was my career, I hated man. Pitfall. I, I loved stupid, it, it, it was so stupid. It
0: was stupid, but it was fun <laughs> all at the same time. Anyway. Man, it was so green. Yeah, really really You have know, this environment you, you, you grow up in? And, you know, you're in your teens. Like, what are the late teens going into, you know, did you think about going to college? Did you, like, was there any, were you ever future-minded at all around that time?
1: Yeah, well, at that time, you know, like from 12 to, you know, ninth grade, when I left Rice Street finally, my folks were talking about splitting up at the time, you know. And my mom, she showed me a book. She said, you know, I, I never forget the day. She says, Matt, who would you want to live with? mom or dad.
0: That is not an easy question. And answer, I started yeah. crying, <laughs> right. man. I,
1: I think I was eighth grade, man. I, no, right around ninth grade. I was just in ninth grade crying like a yeah. man. I was crying. Mom, I can't make that decision, yeah. Yeah. you know? And yeah. I just cried. She she consoled me, son, don't worry about it right now. And we ended up moving to West 7th Street, okay. you know? And that's when I started going to Central. And, uh Central so High School? To High School, okay. yeah. And then I met a new group of people. You know, my Rice Street friends were gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I got introduced. I mean, there was like, the whole music world right there in Central High School. It was the whole studio, man. Mr. James and, you know, our studio teacher. It was, and then Mr. Wolf, my, you know, the gymnastics teacher there, man. Okay. You know, and hockey was done, you know, because I was smoking cigarettes now. But I still like to flip around in the old gymnastics, you know, and I love yeah. to sing.
0: Hmm. So like gymnastics, huh? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Were you, what, what? Uh... I mean you flipped around a lot well yeah man, I mean just, it were, just, there, there go, are women in gymnastics too, well right so that, that's, that's
1: what it is it. in high school right. man it wasn't like I went to any meets and right. you know come on you know <laughs> but yeah I was one of the batter dudes in gymnastics funny yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I never would have guessed put sort it of that way mm, <laughs> but yeah, no. you know it's funny to me gymnastics is one of those those arenas where you'd be surprised what a lot of men who actually decide to do it and actually really enjoy it like I've mentioned guys in gymnastics don't get me wrong mm. but like I'm often surprised when I hear guys who like doing that stuff. And the
1: thing is with gymnastics, if anybody knows, man, it's about, you know, jumping straight up, you can do a backward flip and just jump straight up. Don't throw yourself backwards, man. Mm. There's certain ways to do, you know, backhand springs yeah. and, yeah. you know, rings. You got to be careful when you do it because you can hurt and yourself. You do, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. You do, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you did you did you were you in jump uh, gymnastics competition? I was never or... in competition though. Okay. I, I, just I, I spent
1: my whole high school years, at tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade in gymnastics at Central. Okay. But I also did, you know. So my time spent in high school was tenth, eleventh grade uh, gymnastics, tenth, eleventh grade studio time, gotcha. and then your basics, you know, okay. history, you know.
0: Going back to the future-mindedness of the of the nature of the question, like. You did. You didn't do just. You weren't just getting high all the time, and and, and like no, no. you know. Oh, you weren't. You weren't just doing not exactly smart things all the time. You were sometimes. You know, do you most? It sounds to me like the 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 part of high school or whatever that appealed to you most was the athletics part, which you know I think a lot of people would say that say too. Because mm. high school, you know, is up for debate of whether or not it's really worthwhile unless you have great teachers and a lot of other things. Unless you're really willing really to engage in it, but. It's a kind of a stepping stone toward college, toward, you know, preparing yourself to be an adult and stuff like that. Like, And your parents were going through the divorce at this time, maybe even before that, right? No,
1: and they didn't get divorced. Oh, they, they did, not, so they're they, talking they about They're not getting back together yet. Oh, okay, okay. And for me at this time yeah. now, in high school, it was about making mom and dad proud, gotcha. too. Okay. You know, I got caught a couple times, you know, a little pot here and yeah. there, you know, whether it be, you know, for yeah. mom, you know, take me to school shop and find, you know, a joint in my pocket or at school, you know, the, the counselor looking through the high school window with binoculars, however the hell he caught us that day, you know, but, you know, I was getting yeah. caught, you know, and- uh,
0: So your parents were, like, you were trying to please them? I was. Because why? Because,
1: think? man, it's, you know, everything they gave me, all the, the way they looked at each other, mm-hmm. the way that they didn't lick with each other, you know, um, and they were just a great family. And you wanted to honor that. I did, I did, I did.
0: And you were the only child, so you, you had a lot of weight on your shoulders in that regard too, well, right? Yeah, and
1: my cousins, you know, they, you know, they went pissed off because they saw, hey, man, he's, he's doing this right. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's the only child, the only child in our whole damn family, yeah. except for my one cousin, Tina, but, and she's a great child too. She was, a, you know, still is. And uh, yeah. it was about, you know, loving mom and dad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. So you please? Did you get decent grades by the end of the whole time? I was a C and D,
1: C and D. Except for in studio, and then I was offered a scholarship.
0: Except where? What do you mean studio?
1: In the music. In music. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So I you was, took
0: music classes there, and you did well. I did. Okay. Yep.
1: And I was offered. So did you the, play guitar or, or something? I did. Okay. Yeah. Did you play any
0: other instruments? No. Okay. I sang. You sang and played guitar. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: But I was offered a scholarship to Berkeley, out wow. Of California. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was in 12th grade though okay and then I started getting into cocaine a little bit more gotcha and acid a little
0: bit more so you it seems to me like you had this weird like tug of war between yourself between would you call it that among other Uh, things for me man no because I liked
1: you know I liked it you know at that time it was the 80s man Uh late 80s early 90s especially you know it was about you know Metallica and rock and roll concerts and girls at that time for me yeah and I knew that I had something in my voice mm-hmm. that I could probably... Because I was playing in bands in high school too, mm-hmm. man. And I, I thought, I can, I can do this,
2: man.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? But when I started stealing shit, you know, for cocaine.
0: So the, an addiction w- became a stronger, like, desire to feed than your natural gifts, natural talents, natural d- desires, passions, all that stuff. Like, kind of took a back seat. Or at least it got affected negatively anyway by... It
1: and not only that it was the people I started hanging around with
0: too, right we're, we're, what kind of people do, I mean were these different people then in the past were, the,
1: I was hanging around the dealers now the acid dealers now and that's, okay. that's right around you know 12th grade gotcha the acid dealers man and some strange shit started happening mm-hmm. you know people started dying mm-hmm. you know um, and uh, I didn't you know I I I I didn't want to be a part of that I did not want to be part of yeah. You know, tripping all the time. You know, partying all the time. You know, I wanted to. It was hard it to high. break
0: away from though. I take it right. Well, no, no, it wasn't
1: because okay. I had still had my cousins. I wanted to finish high school,
0: man. Okay.
1: You know, and my dad, he's still in the navy, at this time. You know, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. mom, she's still working. You know, we're living in a nice house out in Roseville at this time. Okay. You know. So,
0: so are they together back together again at this point, or they?
1: Yeah, they were back together. They weren't only separated for a couple months. Okay. You okay. know, and that, you know, from Rice Street to West Seventh, you know dad finally came back you know and,
0: okay.
1: and that's the time I'm doing a central thing so and,
0: how did you feel about when they came back together like what was that like for you
1: well it had it was the world to me you know mom and dad man
0: yeah
1: you know dad's he, I mean he's the one that's singing and stuff and you know likes to party a little bit you know and mom's the one that's got all the brothers and sisters and cousins that I got had nothing to do with my dad's bike club my dad's navy had nothing to do with mom Mm. and dad mom's uh, brothers and sisters and her cousins my cousins It had to do with those two
2: gotcha
0: had absolutely
1: everything to do with those
0: two yeah yeah and the people you loved and raised you were back together again (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah 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 you never really thought about college i get the impression
1: Mom asked me if I want to go to college in twelfth grade, and this is before I got the scholarship yeah. okay, right. offer. I said, "No, one, Mom, yeah. I not want to go to college." But then I came home one day
2: and said, "Mom, they offered me a scholarship. I think I might go."
1: You know, and then I started, yeah. you know, a month later, two or later, I was stealing shit and then whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Do you
0: um, wish you had taken that scholarship?
1: I do. In hindsight? Yeah, I wish I would have taken that scholarship. I yeah. wish I went to California, to yeah. Berkeley, and I wish, because I know Berkeley at the time, especially even well even now. But, uh, yeah. you know, back then it, was, it had a lot to do with
0: uh, rock and roll. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's talk about this. I mean, you've been homeless twice, you mentioned to me, right? Uh, Approximately. <laughs> I'll tell you, no. I, I've been homeless, uh, I mean, since 2004. Okay, okay. So the, so I remember kind of the last place we kind of left off uh, time-wise that I kind of recall is like early 90s, right?
1: Well, look, I was, um, yeah. I've been, a, I, went, I joined the military myself.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit. Okay, why'd you join the military?
1: Because I was doing too much acid out of high school. And at my 20th birthday mm-hmm. in 1993, I said, man, on my 20th birthday, I said, let's sign up for the Navy. hmm Actually, I went for the Air Force first, but it took a little too much time. And so I went next door to the Navy office and I thought, man, this might probably make my dad feel proud, too. So Mm -hmm. I signed up on that day and they said, we can get you gone probably about two or three months. Well, a month later, uh, March 16th, 1993, I was off to boot camp
2: Hmm.
1: in Great Lakes, Chicago. Were you excited about that? I was ecstatic and so was my mom and dad. Why were you ecstatic about it? Because man, I'm I'm leaving St. Paul behind, man. I'm going off to the military. I'm doing some right
0: shit, man. Hmm. Now for real, hmm. you know. Were you still kind of uh, caught up in any addictions at this point?
1: At that time, or drug use? It, hmm. crack cocaine had just came out. Okay, in Minnesota here. Okay. Yeah, and I was I had just smoked my sp- sp- first
2: puff hmm.
1: or two right around that time, and that's one of the big reasons I joined too. Okay. In 1993, not only was I doing too much acid and my friends were all, you know, a couple of guys had gone away to prison just out of high school. Wow. Hmm. My cousin's still doing good, Okay. you know, but I was not. And yeah. so I signed up so in the military. you
0: know, it was like an escape, basically. That's cool. go. Yeah. yeah. Did you know what you were getting yourself into? <laughs> I did, okay. you know,
1: because my dad, all growing up, you know, he's had me set at that attention, you know, That's doing cool. this and that, you sure. know, and, you know, I, I knew what... You know, and I thought, you know, the Navy, you know, I'm always going to have, I know where I'm going to be sleeping at night, you know. I There's a bed, you know, yeah. not sleeping in a foxhole or nothing.
0: Right. So how so, old were you?
1: I was in two years. How old were you at the time? I was 20 years old. 20 years old, okay. Yeah, and I got, and I, you know, I did great in boot camp, man. I was uh, second in command. I next to my drill sergeant. Okay. And I got sent to a minesweeper, it was a great thing out in Little Creek, Virginia. Okay. I went to a destroyer after that. Spent some time down in Cuba. Um, I'm a Gulf War vet. I'm considered a Gulf War vet.
0: Did you go to Gulf War?
1: I was over in the Gulf War off the coast of Kuwait. For, that was on my first ship.
0: So you weren't in combat per se, but you were on a ship? I was in kind combat. Of, you were in combat? I was in combat.
1: Okay. I, uh, I got hurt down on Guantanamo Bay though, pulling people from Haiti at the time. Uh, Their government was killing them. It was called Operation Support Democracy in 94. And I got hurt down there. I was going to be a search and rescue swimmer. Search and rescue swimmer. Okay. Sorry. But pulling guys out of the water, I busted my hand over a guy's head. There's certain techniques they teach us being a search and rescue swimmer.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And after my two years, I get my pension for that now. Okay. You know, so when I got out in 95, you know, um, I got a pension, you know, I got out of the Navy. um, My family's proud of me, man. Yeah. You know, from 95 to 99, that's a whole different story right there.
0: Hmm. What are are your best uh, memories from serving? Of course, being
1: the RPOC in the Navy. What's that? The Arpac, the uh, recruit chief petty officer. I don't know how they call it RPOC, but the recruit chief petty officer in boot camp. Okay. You know when they, uh, when the drill sergeant's not there, I'm, and even when he is there, you know, I'm, I'm the one telling guys what to do. You okay. know, and I didn't want to do it to begin with, but that's a whole different story. about how I got that job.
0: <laughs> I, I've heard that they sometimes assign people the things that they don't want to do yeah, at and all. They and, did, and they you know, did,
1: And them. I volunteered because there was just so many knuckleheads in our company at the time. Uh, but, okay. And my other one is, um, you know, just the people I met, you know, going to see places overseas, man. The time I spent, you know, I got shot at one time off the coast of Kuwait. I pissed my pants, I'll never forget, man. First time I got shot, I pissed my pants. I, forget, man, I, I, at, my pants. I just, ew. Yeah. But, um, you know, and saving people's lives down in, off the coast of Haiti. You know, bringing them at Guantanamo Bay at the time was, uh, it was just, it was a military base. Right. I mean, it wasn't a prison at the time. Okay. But, We'd bring the people from Haiti over to Guantanamo Bay, and it was just nice saving lives at that time. Yeah. And I seen a lot of good things, and some people died when I was in too, but mm. that happens in the military. It does. It, does. And it made who, me who I am today.
0: Really? Yeah. In what ways do you think?
1: Well, loss. You know, I, I understand that, you know, this country is worth dying for. Mm. That... Uh, not not everybody that's running this country is, should be running this country, whether it's military personnel or, you know, people higher up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's, it's really, it's not our choice. Mm-hmm. It wasn't our choice at the time. It's not a choice even today. I'm going to say that as a vet, brother. What do you mean choice? Well, as far as voting, gotcha. I don't mean shit. It's
0: <laughs> up for I, debate, but I wouldn't argue yeah, you. <laughs> I don't mean shit. So you, so you, um... You learn a lot about yourself and you kind of like your limits and and your strengths i'm guessing and and even your humanity a little bit <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what what you know it's, it's a it can definitely change your perspective on the world when you go serve overseas and, and in different capacities like especially when you get shot at <laughs> for example what yeah. you know it can definitely put a lot of immediate perspective on mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself and whatever how people. yeah yeah
1: 95 when i got out of service um so. Me and my mom and dad, I moved back home and stuff. Of course, and just because I did, you know, I didn't save a lot of money. while I was the military?
2: Okay,
1: I had a lot of good experiences. My parents were proud of me, man. And we all decided to join the Old West Society, of Minnesota.
2: Okay,
1: and that's where we did, you know, reenactments like a Jesse James days in Northfield, okay, Murphy's Landing, and
0: what's Old West stand for?
1: Old West Society. Okay, we dress up as cowboys. You gotcha. know, um, the actually the. Uh, the police chief of St. Paul was in a group, too, but there was many mm-hmm. good guys that were in yep. the OS setting. We, you know, we'd dress up in the actual wear, mm-hmm. you know, not Hollywood stuff. You know, we'd get the real garb. The legit and, and carry straight from... good guns, you know, and stuff. Um, yeah. And that's where I got my nickname, Slick. Oh, yeah.
0: And there was yeah
1: this 1873 Peacemaker in my arm with Slick. Um, so, did, yeah,
0: just so telling the listener here... I, I, it's on your uh, left arm, like what? That's the uh, lower part of your arm near the fist, near the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just slick on there, and pretty impressive uh, font and a big. What kind
1: of handgun is that? That's a 1873 Colt 45.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So that's just right above the name, and uh, it's a nice to tattoo. How long have you had that?
1: I've had it for ten years, you okay. know, and that's when my dad passed away. But okay, so from '95 to '99, me and my folks were in the Always Society again. Not sure what was going on in their financial life, but at the time, like I said, in '99, my folks had to move out. So that's when I decided to move out to Portland with my good friend John in Saint Paul. I moved out to Portland out there with him.
0: So before we go to Portland, why Slick? Where did the name S- come from?
1: Well, Slick because I had a good friend. She was the same age as my mother. As a matter of fact, is one of the ladies I grew up with as a child. She's kind of get a stone and shit when I was a kid, but. I see. Uh, her mother used to say, you know, when some, a guy or a girl thought they were, you know, getting over on somebody, oh, he thinks he's Slick McGlick, or gotcha. she thinks she's Slick McGlick. Slick well, McGlick. <laughs> and that's, okay. I took Slick McGlick. That was okay. my, my stage name in the OS Society.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so. <laughs> that's a Yeah. Very cool. All right, Slick. So. Yeah. Were you really a Slick McGlick?
1: I wasn't slick, no, but that, it sounded good at the time. <laughs> no, yeah, you know? right, right. Exactly. You know, I needed they needed to come up with a name, you know. Right,
0: sure. So you, so you went to Portland, you said?
1: Portland, 99. You know, my mom and dad lost his place. You know, they had to move in with one of my mom's sisters. So I moved out to Portland. My buddies had come on out, man. You know, out in Portland, thought I was getting a tan. Turns out I was just rusting. Um, lived out there for a year. And the drugs out there are nothing like the drugs here in Minnesota.
0: Much worse?
1: Uh, much better, worse. I don't know what you want to call it. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I worked out there for quite a while. For a year I was out there. In 2000, I moved back. But I, when I moved back, I moved out to St. Cloud. In 2000, I went to the VA hospital there mm-hmm. to go to the treatment program.
0: Yeah. So before you go into to talk about the treatment program,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is it about drugs that appeal, has appealed to you this whole time?
1: It's a sexual thing for me.
0: Okay. So like orgasmic kind of, in a sense. It
1: was, especially with the cocaine. Okay. Yeah, the cocaine for me was a, I mean, yep, for me it was a sexual thing. I mean, especially because once I started doing that drug, the more I got into it, the less i wanted to be around people the more, more i want to be by myself okay. because of the kind of strange people i met mm. that were on the dope i'm like well i'm good by myself mm. man just doing this dope yeah you know and i can you know do my own thing you know and
0: interesting. that's
1: what it was so I, that's where my anti-social behavior started coming in
0: interesting because the guy i interviewed in a previous episode he taught he told me that uh when i asked him generally the same question he said it, the first time i shot up i think it was heroin he said he shot up the first time he did it, he said it felt like it had an orgasm or, yeah, an orgasm or something like that. Is mm-hmm. that what you mean?
1: Every time I do it, yep, yep, yep. Cocaine, yep.
0: Yeah. So sexual thing, like ultimately, like it's just it's just just a great feeling to have.
1: Well, and it's it's not the way, I mean, not the way the drug makes me feel. It's the way I make me feel, okay. you know, when I'm doing it. Gotcha. And the the way other people make me feel. When they're doing it, I'm like, I don't even want to be around this person when they're doing this kind of shit, Shit, man. man. I just, you know, I'm good
0: by myself. (laughs) I see,
1: you know, and I can do my own thing. So
0: it's like a self pleasure thing to you. It is, man. Yeah. Gotcha. Might as well be masturbating. Same idea. Except well, you you said it. (laughs) I never. You said it. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't
1: want to say it on the microphone, but yeah, yeah, that's how it was. That's that's where it is, man.
0: Okay. So it's it's always been like that for you, essentially, or not.
1: Not at first. Okay. Not at first. Not back in the day, you know. Back okay. in the day it was about, you know, drinking cold beers. You know, I'd do up a bilan of coke, man, and mm-hmm. my face would be so damn numb I'd drink ice cold beer taste piss warm, you know. It's like, wow, I can't feel my face. <laughs> you know, that's what it was about. For in two thousand when I came back, I wanna be back with mom and dad. Okay. You know, I wanna be back in the same town. Um, I, I had done some shit out in the west coast and I'm still wanted for out there they just don't want to extradite I'm not going to talk about that either but um, you know but anyways I come back here in 2000 up in St. Cloud and I'm working at a place out there great company out there you know the VA hospital hooked me up I'm sober now and I'm sober for a whole year and my mom tells me she's got cancer and Right around that time, the 99 time, me and my folks, we did a movie down in Arizona called The Gunfight at Tombstone.
0: You did a movie? What do you mean?
1: My Me and my mom, did, it was a paid for a part, and we paid for a part in the movie out there.
0: You paid for a part in the movie? That's kind of weird. Okay. Well, and
1: it's, you know, people from around the country were able to, you know, to pay. My dad, he was Wyatt Earp in the movie. Okay. And I was, I played two parts and my mom played a part and there was people from Disney, you know, that paid for a part and people from wherever, you know. It's interesting
0: crazy. that you have to pay for a part though. Usually it's, they pay you to be in it. Why, why? Well, it's because, you know. it's. Was it not a re- like a legit movie? Well, it's what? a movie
1: for yourself. Okay. It's a movie, you know, that you want to keep for yourself okay. and, you know, be with some people that like the same kind of things you like to do. Okay. You know, shoot guns and ride horses and, okay. you know, just let's make our movie, man. And, you okay. know, yeah, people ain't going to pay for that. You know, you pay for it yourself. You know, okay. there's a couple hundred dollar parts. There's a couple thousand dollar parts and whatever. And so we did that.
0: Okay. You know, well, you could have just bought a camera and done it instead of... <laughs> well, <laughs> so,
1: we couldn't have had all uh, the great people that like it from around the world. Would you? Would they look stuff up? Like, hey, man. Okay. You're liking them. I'm not sure what my So essentially,
0: you're paying, you, you paid down a movie done with... with your people, your friends, family, of, whatever. Not, no,
1: with it has nothing to do with the people that you know, okay. I mean, and you know, unless me, like me, my with my mom and dad, mm-hmm. we were able to pay for this part, man, right? And so, and there's people but, from around the country,
0: okay. And then, but they had the people you paid had access of a way to get it scammers to, cameras,
1: to okay. yeah, locations,
0: okay. yeah, yeah. I've never heard of such a thing, but continue on, it happens, yeah, okay.
1: it happens all the time, never heard of it, and so. When we made this movie, and was, so anyways, in 2000, mm-hmm. my mom, she had gotten uterine cancer.
0: Uterine cancer? Okay.
1: Yeah, and I'm, that's when I'm living. in St. Cloud. She says, son, and she didn't tell me. She, she says she had a little problem with cancer, and I came down from St. Cloud. She's living in St. Paul, and she says, we got to take care of it. We're going to move out to Tombstone, Arizona, me and your father. So we can do some more cowboy stuff out there and we'll be fine, son. I'm like, okay, mom, dad, have a good time out there. And they moved out there. And that was in February of 2000. And uh, six months later, I guess, 2001, June, mom says she's gotta come back home. I said, okay, mom. And so I took a plane down there to move my mom and dad's stuff back up to Minnesota here. And when I get off the plane, my dad says, son, your mom's got stage four colon cancer. She's going to die within about six months or a year if this works. And I'm like, what
2: what, what
1: the fuck are you? You know, that's what I'm thinking. And, okay, so I drove. we drove down 100 miles down to tombstone. And I see my mom, and my mom's a hefty woman. And now she's just barely nothing. And it broke my heart, man.
2: Yeah.
1: And my mom and dad got remarried down in Big Nose Kate's down in Tombstone. They got remarried, did redo the vows, but four days later, we're back on the road. Well, five days later, in Albuquerque, my mom says she can't make the trip, so we sent her on a plane. She dies that night. Hmm. The next morning,
0: jeez, that was quick.
1: You know, and I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. I'm like,
0: yeah, I said, hurts. Dad,
1: I said, Dad, you moved her down here for this shit. Now my family, mom's family up there is gonna be pissed off at you, mm-hmm. and I'm pissed off at you. I'm crying. I just yeah. I need to go have a drink. She said son, don't have a drink, you know. Yeah. Don't mom. Yeah. And I held my dad all that night, man. We yeah. made it home, you know. Buried how old you? my mom. You were you
0: around that time. I was 21. I 21?
1: was no,
0: I was 28 years old you're 28. in 2001. Okay. Yep. You're 2000.
1: Okay. Yep. 2001. So
0: you just barely 30 then. Okay.
1: Yep. And. Hmm. six months later man I found out I had colon cancer
0: okay so so I want to back up a little bit yep because that's also a very interesting plot point of your life obviously Mm -hmm. but would you say that rehab worked at the time
1: absolutely you know it It. I well and because yeah it, it worked because I know that there's people out there that want to be sober that I can hang around with and if I ever want to go to a sober place and not be on the fucking streets and just be around sober people and talk about sober things that treatment's there for
2: me Okay.
1: you know because I'm a vet and I can go there any damn time yeah. whether it's Minneapolis yeah. or St. Cloud or wherever but even be, but being an addict you know it's, it's about being around that sober element for me
0: mm-hmm. you know so you were around sober people, which made it easier for you to get sober at the time, would you say? Is that the same Not way? get sober, but just stay sober. Stay sober. Okay. You know, I,
1: I know how to get sober. Just don't drink. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I yeah. know how to do that. Right. Do you? <laughs> I do. Okay. I do know how to...
0: St- so you've done that for a time anyway. I know how to get used... sober. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Staying I sober. I can't get sober with a bunch of drunks. I can get sober with a bunch of sober people, but can I stay sober? <laughs> do I want to stay around them people? Right. Do I want to go fishing every day? Do I want to mm-hmm. fly kites and shit like that? I don't mm-hmm. know.
0: Mm-hmm. As those metaphors are. The... No, I
1: mean that's what sober people do these days. you know, even, you know Go fishing and fly kites, man.
0: No. We do more things than that, Matthew. Or you know, go have coffee. You know, I'm not a fucking
1: coffee drinker.
0: We could drink tea, all right. There's, you can make movies. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Well, there you, you know go, what I'm saying? Like I, I don't know anybody, so, any sober person who flies a kite, Matthew. Just so you know. All right. I no, and no, I, don't I don't either. Know. I've never flown a kite. Maybe you should. Just once. See fucking how it goes. I used to love fly kites. That really? We've done it once or twice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, get back into it, man. I mean, it's not a common thing, but there are parks around here. Just give it a go once. We'll we'll, we'll fly we'll fly cut together sometime, man. When it gets warmer, we'll, we'll give it we'll a Yeah, when. exactly. <laughs> so so okay, you 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 you, were, you understood how you were capable of, of being sober based, and uh, maybe it's not based on going to uh, um, rehab entirely. But anyway, you, you got sober in, re- in yeah. rehab, and so how long were you sober? Would you say? I was sober a year and a half. A year and a half, and was this around the time when your mother got ill? When my mom passed away. So, so basically, her losing her definitely challenged your desire to be sober. I would it, imagine right?
1: it. It it did.
0: Yep. So, then you got cancer. You said or,
1: two months later when she died, I, got, I found out I had the worst cancer you can get to. What okay. kind? Stage four colon cancer. Gotcha. Okay. Is it hereditary or what? Well, my dad was adopted. Okay. We didn't go over that, but my dad was adopted. So we don't know on his side, but my okay. mom, she, you know, um, we don't know. Okay. You know, just bad luck. Gotcha. Um,
0: so either way, you got it. Generally, the same thing she got, right? Or did she get colon? Well, she had uterine cancer. Uterine I, cancer. Right. I had colon cancer. Okay, yep. gotcha, right. I wonder so if they're good. related at all, but I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. But stage four, though, nonetheless. Stage four. Which is basically death signs.
1: Yeah. The doctor turned white when I had no shit. I was donating plasma down in St. Paul. Yeah. And uh, they said, you got to go get your irons too low. And I went out to the VA to call an colonoscopy, and I never forget the doctor turned white.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He said, we need to put you in can. And that was December of 2001. He said, we need to get you into surgery. He said, well, let's wait until after the first year of the year so I can spend some time with my family. My poor father at the time, I'm thinking, God, Damn, you know, yeah. you know, and you know, started doing
0: the chemo thing myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and chemo sucks. It does. I don't. I've never done it, but I've had family members who have and heard more than plenty about yeah.
1: it. It's, it's mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah, it's, I've had some heavy duty to on. He's
0: showing me some scars on his stomach. Uh, did they carve into you a little bit there? one Is that...
1: surgery. That was in 2001. Then 2004, came back again. Now it had metastasized to my liver. So we did the second surgery. And then in 2015 now, it had come back again. Okay. And we didn't have to do it because they said they got rid of it. Just, you know, without no chemo. I'm like, thank God, no right. chemo this time. Yeah. And, um, and I'm cancer-free right now you know
0: well i'll just say praise god for that (laughs) yeah (laughs) or at least thank you for not having that right on brother that's uh not not many people can say that you know like when they experience it people do but it 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 can be rare so how do you feel about that
1: you know i feel blessed you know I my dad he did pass away in 2010 he was living like a cowboy again down the tombstone he moved back down the tombstone yeah. He was one of the Wyatt Earps in, in town there. And uh,
0: So before we go into that, I really want to kind of dig more into the start digging a little bit more into what got you in the homelessness because I don't I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Because yeah. this obviously oh, leads up to a yeah, lot of what you're talking you about. Yeah. Especially having that like something like cancer, especially like yeah. when you're homeless, man. Oh God, people that that I can't I can't imagine. So share with me your sort of descent. Into homelessness. What happened there, would you say? Well, between 2001 and 2004. Okay.
1: the two years I went through chemo and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I was able to get rid of the the cancers. So between 2002 to 2004, I started doing a lot of pills. Okay. And I started doing a lot of crack again now, too. Okay.
0: What kind of pills? Oxycontin, man. Okay, was, gotcha. Had, Whatever had, you can get your hands on. 40, <laughs> 80,
1: 16, 4, 8, 12, 16. I was on 160 milligrams of Oxycontin a day. Oxycontin, not oxycodone. I'm talking oxycontin. I couldn't,
2: man,
0: man. I couldn't
1: take that if I wanted to, man. Yeah. But that's how much they were it giving It was
0: prescription, though, was it? It, it was, was prescribed. Really? So this is back when it wasn't as dangerous, or it was just taking a certain I mean, amount? I, man,
1: from no. the was from the VA. It <laughs> I was from know. the VA. It was, Got it. There's 40-milligram pills that I was getting. I was taking four of them a day that I was prescribed. Okay. And I didn't know at the time. I mean, there's 40-milligram pills. They're a dollar a piece. Okay. I mean, a dollar a milligram. So that's four, eight, 12, 16 1600 bucks a day, I could be making. Yeah,
0: okay, okay. You
1: understand? And, no, and I had
0: it, a month a supply. But was this before you knew that they were. This is a before. Drug?
1: This is before I knew how to sell them. Okay. You know, and, but my thing was, I was doing my cocaine thing. True. And so between 2003 and 2004, when my family's getting tired of me now, over on Rice Street, I was there with my mom's sister. Yeah. They kicked me out in 2004, okay. was when I first got my card at the Catholic Charities okay. in St. Paul. The okay. Dorothy Day Center.
0: Okay.
1: And I have right across from the Excel Center. I thought, man, I never will go down there, but here I am, 2004. Got my card for the first. I mean the community card. The community card.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That just so for clarity for the listener, community cards are once you've more or less become homeless and, and and like need to use this homeless services in the homeless system and stuff, they give you a card that has some basic information and in your photo on it, so that when you go to these places. You can—it's their way of keeping tabs on you, basically. When you use their services, they check your card. I've, I, being a volunteer at some of these places, I've had to—I've used people's community cards just to check them into things. So, yeah. essentially, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, how did that feel to have a community card?
1: <laughs> well, because my first day was like, man, because I—I knew a person that was there that mm-hmm. i know known before, and so they, they were grilling out there, and I was like, wow, man, okay, and these these homeless people ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, and sorry. especially Dorothy Day at the time. Right. You know, was, I had a place to sleep. It was on the floor. Yeah. But. Pretty thin mat. Thin mat on the floor. Yeah. You know, and they kick you out at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And that's, for me, the where the problems came in. Being kicked out at 6 in the morning. And back then, I didn't have my VA card, so I could ride the bus for free. I, I just we had to go downtown St. Paul and downtown St. Paul, ain't like Minneapolis. I mean, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you could walk around the skyways and stuff. You could stay warm inside, but there ain't yeah. nothing open. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, yeah. So you're just
1: walking around like a zombie, you yeah. know, on your feet and just yeah. you know waiting for something to happen. Back in the homeless shelter, hmm. well, there's a couple years that went by. Then I started getting my VA card. Where I could ride the bus for free. I think that was around 2008. And yep, yeah, I was, you know, going to treatment back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to do the sober thing. I, but again, my cancer—it was yeah. in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you still had it at the time, right? I did.
1: Yeah. 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 And because it came back in 2007, 2006, whatever the you know, yeah. I don't know fucking year it was. I, it's okay. But anyways, man. It was that homeless lifestyle, waking up at 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. What do I do for the day? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody introduced me to running a sign. Hey, man, just, you know, because you're a Navy vet, right? Yeah, I'm a Navy vet. Well, put homeless U.S. Navy vet. You know, anything helps. God bless. And mm-hmm. they brought me out to your neighborhood, mm-hmm. this neighborhood right here. Yeah, yeah. And I started to run a sign. and there, they
0: Wait, what year was this?
1: 2007 2008
0: you've been out here since 2007 and 8 in yeah. my corner
1: yeah. on your corner right, <laughs> right here man right across the street here man
0: wow i did not know that yeah i mean not... i've only been here like two and a half yeah. years yeah. but now, almost three years. i've
1: been here this is the, the one first place wow. i mean i've been to other places in town but this yeah. for me right here your neighborhood brother and i i should do more to clean it up you know and somebody does over there obviously. sometimes it gets
0: cleaned up yeah sometimes it's not but yeah um sometimes i feel like going over there cleaning up too but i yeah. usually don't because i'm lazy but mm-hmm. or busy in one of the two but um okay i want to hear more about that most definitely but i am curious what, what okay what year roughly did you start um staying in shelters like how 2004 2004 so how
1: old were you on that time uh 21 no, 2004
0: 31 31 okay gotcha so a, thir- a young 30-something. We'll just say young 30-something. Staying in the shelter. This is a little bit further back in time than when I started, like, volunteering in the shelter system because I've been to Dorothy Day and I've, I've volunteered there and I've seen – I mean, it's changed since then. They have a whole new building and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit better. Higher ground, yeah. yeah. I was there last night. Yeah. Um, it's better now in some ways than, it, than the old building was for sure. But tell me about staying in a shelter, like, in general. Like, what – I mean, it's it perhaps has changed over the years, but generally, for someone who's never stayed in a shelter, just kind of describe to me what that's like. Yeah, well, I mean, for the most part,
1: we'd come back at between 8 and 9 o'clock at night. They had to be back in by 9 o'clock at the latest, man. And, you know, if you're back in by 9, that's when they're, most of the drunk guys are coming back, man, you know. and They've got a little section for detox, yeah. you know, for us.
0: Mm-hmm, like a corner, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's... Laying on the ground, you're, just, you know, next to, I mean, the fattest, smelliest dude you just ever want to be next to, man. He got the shoes off right by, by his head because you he want to have your shoes by your head so nobody steals them. Huh. So that's right up by your head. Or oh, you're going head to head, man, you know, sleeping. It's just a lot of smelly smells, you know, and it's a lot of snoring, it's a lot of.
2: Hey, man! The fuck,
1: man! You know, yeah. every now and then, man. And hey, you guys, chill out. You know, but it was yeah. it was mostly peaceful. It was mm-hmm. peaceful, and I didn't mind it at all.
0: Really? So, like, were you able to sleep there reasonably well? Yeah,
1: it, cause I couldn't. Know, and it's hard to sleep under a bridge. For me, it's hard oh, to sleep that's... in skyways. Yeah. You know, having that little security, a blanket, a warm blanket over you. Yeah. Was nice to have. Yeah. Um, Cause most of the time, you know, you would meet people there. And, hey, man, let's go ahead and sit next to one another. You know, that, fucking look out for one another, or right. whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, but it was at six o'clock. Wake up. What are you gonna do? Did you always get linens when you were there? Yep. Okay. So you never didn't get linens when you were there. Well, there was a time or two. Yeah. Okay. They did, yeah. I only asked because sometimes when I volunteered, they'd run out of linens at yeah. a point and mm-hmm. not be able not not be able to give people linens. Yeah, you you got no, me.
1: you didn't. Yeah, you just had to use a jacket or. Yeah. That happened a couple times.
0: Did it ever like? Was that something that ever really bothered you, or was it just like, oh well?
1: No, because it was you know, for the most part in Saint Paul, in Minnesota, it's nice in the summertime. Fair enough. Okay. You know, so it's usually in the summertime, yeah,
0: dude. Yeah.
1: Okay. In, the, in the wintertime, you know, you're gonna run out of linens and stuff, yeah. man.
0: It's true. Yeah. So you, so you said that six. You're not a morning person, at the end. <laughs> No, well, or you just like at, at the homeless
1: centers, you got to be homeless. You got to be a morning person. Yeah. Yeah, you do got to be morning person because it got to be you ain't got to go home you got to get the hell out of here at 6 yeah. o'clock in the morning yeah. yeah no matter what out the door yeah
0: I mean describe that then like or like I, I want people to understand like you during the day you're obviously trying to find out what the next thing is to do you're probably you know you're walking a lot I would imagine what
1: is the thing look, brother yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan the thing is what when I was introduced to signing mm-hmm. yeah. in about two thousand six or so, right, you know, wherever that yeah, time what sure. period was, well that was my new thing to do now. As soon as I get kicked out in the morning, I got I get to go run a sign. But to stand on the corner and run a sign and look at these people's eyes, can you do it with just yourself in which, you know, you can learn over time, but at, at the beginning, for me, no, I, I have to have a drink. I have to have a drink in me, half pint or a pint or something, to stand here on this corner and watch these people and whether you know, you can learn these tricks for me being a navy vet to salute people or give them the old uh, rock and roll horns, you know, saying, Thank you, man. You know, it takes something you know, a little yeah. something to drink.
0: For me, it didn't. Oh, okay, so you've been signing since 2006, thousand ish something like that. Mm-hmm. First time you signed. The very first time that you signed. Do you remember it? I do. And what was it like? It was right here on the <laughs> right cor- corner. It was huh? right
1: there on the corner, man. And <laughs> yeah. the person that, that taught me that day, it was a chick, and she wasn't homeless at the time, and she was actually sitting on her cell phone a block up. Talking on a cell phone, blah 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 blah. blah. Like you know, I'm thinking, homeless people ain't got cell phones. You know, we didn't back then, anyways. Right, you yeah, know, and, I get that. Yeah. Well, anyways, you know, and but it was I, from that day till not to this day yep. now. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I've never not made nothing.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, and I, I gotta say, you know, you think, well, would a muffin be something? A muffin would be something. Hmm. In my book, it would be something. But I've never not made money okay on these corners yeah and what it helps for me is you know gosh you know because i've heard stories about people that have that have you know i don't know if it's in the movies or whatever that have got mercedes-benz and stuff because it's probably true mm. people that are pulling up and you know because i've seen guys out here mm-hmm. over the years no shit man i've seen guys out here that ain't got no business being out here mm-hmm. running a sign mm-hmm staying out here for hours you know where some certain places man look we'll we'll do a half hour thing man you let us go half hour you do a half hour or 45 minutes hour whatever but there's been dudes been on for hours and hours and you know they and i know they live right down the street
2: Hmm.
1: you know got a beautiful house down the street i've seen it Mm -hmm. i see it today yeah and it's hard to swallow man but you got you know from learning over the years Saying, look, well, you know, it's it's, it's a homeless person's corner, man. And, yeah. You know, whether you know they got a place or not, yeah. there's always another corner in the city here. Right,
0: man. there's plenty of corners, yeah. Well, well, not, always, not always highway corners, but like, right. highway access tend to be the most traffic and yeah. most uh, used for that purpose. Can, let's back up a little bit, though. I really I want to understand what it was like for your first time doing it. So, so like, did it feel demeaning? Was it? Did you just get used to it? Yeah. What was it like? No, you know,
1: I guess I can't remember the first time how I felt, but I remember many times after and even to this day. where I don't know if it's alcohol mm-hmm. or if it's my heart, yeah. but I cry. Mm-hmm. I sit there and I, you know, not only. I, th- I think it happens when I see, th- when the person hands off the money mm-hmm. that I'm like, you know, because a lot of times it's the people, the, the poorest people that I believe, you know, because when I see the BMW roll up, I'm thinking, yeah. the guy didn't get the BMW for giving away his money. Right. But when I see the jalopy roll up in the Ethiopian family inside with some kids yeah. and start reaching over and handing me money, man,
2: mm.
1: you know. That, that... That touches me, man.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and I think, man, I could be doing so much more, you know, than taking these people money, but it's becoming so easy. Mm. You know, it does become kind of easy out here, you know, to, to hold that sign, to mm. to look poor. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've got this sign made down to a science. I mean, I could... Just so know. you guys
0: know, the uh, when he described what he was told to write on his sign earlier on... Um, years ago. Years ago. I don't know if this is the same sign, but... Same... It is the same it's sign. It's the same shit. You've ha- oh, okay. You haven't had the same cardboard for years, but it has the same verbiage, homeless unit, U.S. Navy vet. Anything helps, God bless. Do people... I mean, do, so you have people who... who um, Different kinds of people who give. Different amounts of money and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you ever just been, like, gotten really dirty looks and stuff like that? I've had... Or what's, what's the re- response you've gotten?
1: I've right? had handfuls of chains thrown at me, like pennies, a lot of pennies. Yeah. I've had, I've had people spit at me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've had cops stop me. You know, I've been to jail a couple of times for it. Now it's it's legal in the cities now. Yeah. But I'm the one thing that you know, I've had people pull up and offer me drugs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've had people like you, Dan, that have come just to want to give me things away, say, look, man, here's some socks, here's some powder, man. Here's some something to eat. Yeah. You've done that to me a couple of times, brother. No <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um...
0: What is it? So when, when people give you something, whether it be a practical need like I've given her money or whatever, I don't know. Like I think people often want, one reason they don't always give is they're like, well, they're going to use it for this, they're going to use it for that, they're going to do whatever. I don't know. They yeah. have a lot of assumptions. Yeah. What are people doing essentially when they've given you? No, I mean it's obvious when they get like, when someone gives you an orange or socks, you're going to wear socks. Okay, good. That's like a new pair of tires for you because when you're walking a lot or whatever. But. Mm-hmm. When they've given you money for example because that's a little more like ambiguous who knows what's going to happen here with this type of you know thing what are they doing essentially how are they helping you would you say
1: well look for me a lot of times is because if if i ain't got to ask a person mouth to mouth if i ain't got to walk up to them and say look and talk to them encounter them to make them feel uncomfortable
2: yeah
1: that's why i hold the sign that's why i do the sign thing yeah but for me it's been you know, the $6 a night at the mission, mm-hmm. that's how much it costs for a bed, 6 to bucks pay, a night. To pay for the stay? To pay for the stay, yeah. man. You know, and that that's what the biggest thing for me, if I, because no shit, in the Minnesota winters, man, pardon my French, guys, but if I can get a $6, bucks, i am good for the night, man, and whatever I make after that, you know, whether it's buying a pie and a booze or, I can't smoke weed right now, although I'd like to smoke weed if it was ever legal here in this town, you know. But, uh, you know, it would be to pay for a bed, and it would be to, you know, for me, the first things I look for is, okay, I got a meal for the night, you know, because I I ain't going to be able to make it back to the house, a charity or whatever, for dinner. So I got five bucks to have. You know, a, a, a Big Mac meal or whatever. You know, yeah. a Taco Bell meal. You know, yeah. that that first five bucks is what you look forward to, and then you know, a, a book of papers or some cigarettes. Yeah. And then after that is you know whatever the person's doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. But do
0: you, Do you buy alcohol often?
1: I do. Um. Especially when I first come out. I mean, at the end of the night now. Yeah. Like where I'm at,
0: yeah,
1: kind of right, you know, wherever. The, it's for me, it's the alcohol that's got to get me started mm-hmm. to be able to look at them people and uh, say, "Look." So it's kind
0: of a numbing thing, exactly. essentially, as a result. Exactly.
1: You know, it kind of numbs the senses a little bit to be out there when I mean that wind's blowing, especially on the corner you live on here, brother. Oh, and, no, right. It gets pretty windy on there. it is. Yeah, it's a very
0: kind of exposed area for sure.
1: Yeah, so for you know, for me, it's just getting kind of started, you know, and you know, after that, because there's a lot of good restaurants around here where i'll go to eat and head back to the shelter because i a lot of shelters won't let you back in if you've been drinking or drunk yeah. for me like dorothy day downtown i can't even go there if i have been drinking mm. you know so i got to spend the time to sober up
0: mm-hmm. when was the last time you went to the dorothy day in st paul yesterday okay yeah i go there every other tuesday so yeah i feel like i would see you, but maybe oh well, i mean there's tons of people there so yeah do you ever just go straight to sleep or what do you do when you're at the shelter
1: I walk in, have the meal they, they got to serve me, smoke cigarettes. Okay.
0: Um, what time do you go to sleep typically? Well, 10 o'clock. Okay, when they require you to, or yeah. when the lights go out, I guess.
1: Yeah, because yeah. A... You, know, you gotta be up so early. Yeah. Uh,
0: one thing I do, I was curious about, are they in any way helping you, or are you looking for either A, a job, or B, other better housing? like? I know you, you've, you and I, actually, the second time we spoke, I believe you talked about you were getting housing. Uh, I don't remember if it was through a voucher program, I mm-hmm. believe. First of all, you got that through, an, you, you worked with an advocate, I'm guessing, to get that. So tell me a little bit about working with an advocate and how that's been.
1: Well, what happened in 2004, 2005, when, what was it? I guess about 2007 or 2008. They came out with a. The Section Eight voucher right. to the VA, mm-hmm. they called the HUD VAS program, and all these years, you know, being homeless and kind of missing my appointments, being out here whether it's drinking, I miss appointments the next day or something. Mm-hmm. But in 2000, gosh darn, it was just, it was just last year, okay, 2015. Now there's a couple times I did some prison times, okay, that I didn't tell you about,
0: okay. Do you want to talk about that? Or sure, sure. Why, What
1: was the cause of it? Well, in 1999, out in Oregon, I got caught with a little bit of cocaine. Okay. And that was my first felony, man. And I, mm-hmm. 2001, when I got my cancer, my mom passed away. 2004, I was good. Well, 2004, when I got homeless, I started getting these homeless charges.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, sleeping on the bus, trespassing, fighting people downtown, you know, disorderly conduct, you know, started getting these tickets man yeah. what well, eventually led me to prison
2: yeah. and
1: well this last time now I just when I got out of the joint in 2014 I went back up to St. Cloud and they, that's where I was able to get my section 8 hot voucher
2: mm-hmm.
1: it took me a while to get it that's when I saw you in 2014 well I finally got my voucher yeah moved up to yeah. Saint Cloud got my place, man. I had a yeah. nice. You place. were excited about that. I was, <laughs> man. It was awesome, man.
0: I mean, no shit. Because I mean, I ha- so, 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 tell me about that. Like, I don't think people fully appreciate the, the 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 like amazing feeling. You've been homeless for I don't know, a few years or whatever. Yeah. Nothing's been consistent really at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing's been like comfortable or whatever. Here you are with an opportunity to have a place of your own. Like a with front the, door with a key, I would imagine. Well,
1: and not well because I've been service connected and I've had yeah. you know income coming in. I was okay. able to get houses every now and then, but the apartments wouldn't last, you know, okay. for whatever reason. But when I got that Section Eight right. voucher, <laughs> you know, I'm paying eighty bucks a month for a place like you got here, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it was it was awesome, man. But I was, it was great, man, because yeah. I had to stay up there for a year. In St. Cloud with this voucher and I can move anywhere in the United States with that voucher, yeah. have it for the rest of my life.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I'm just out of the joint though. I got my voucher. Yeah. And the apartment that I got is Saint Cloud right next to the college. Okay. No shit, man. And this it's it's an old, you know, college, you know, dorm kind of house, man. And everybody in that place is smoking dope. Okay. Man, everybody in the place is smoking dope or selling dope, man. And I had I had to share a kitchen. There wasn't a shared kitchen. So when I'd walk out in the morning, you know, to cook or whatever, people be like, hey, Slick, or hey, Matt, you want to smoke a joint? And I'd be like, well, yeah, you know, shit. Well, that's... No, no self-control at that point. <laughs> well, and the thing was, man, you know, and I was on probation, and my PO was kind of really cool about it. Mm-hmm. But there's only so much you could do, so... Yeah. after the second third time she says no you got to go execute your time and that's how i lost my place i had to sign up with my vault I didn't lose it i just had to give it up for now you know and that's yeah. why so i went and did my rest of my time seven months now so essentially
0: you lost it because smoking pot smoking pot because you're you well, because I, poros- I was on probation and you were you on know? probation right. it really was a mixture of just like everything could and everything that shouldn't have been in your way to keep the place was in your way and you just, and it just...
1: well man but it was my own but well, it was your I own mean, I, I could have right. not you know but right. it you was have... man I told the judge you know each and every time look yeah. guys I'm living in this place every time I walk, come yeah. come, you come to my place walk in cook yourself some breakfast yeah. and not smoke a joint if you're a pot smoker or not have a drink or something man yeah. you know yeah. you know and it just wasn't working man and I know it wasn't working for me it wasn't working for the I kind of
0: wonder if the place or the people that were setting you up at the place knew of these like these Oh, well, with possible... my
1: background or too. there's only so many places I could take I suppose hmm. you know
0: and now it was just one that was like yeah we'll take him <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. without
1: even and that's that's what it was it was a nice yeah. place I liked the place man I liked the people that lived there too yeah. I mean you no know, <laughs> there's parties, man hey you know yeah. hey let's party you know look. you know but I was I was on probation right you know, and
0: so you haven't really. I mean, that was that wasn't too long ago. That was pretty recent. So, yeah. like you haven't really had any other. Nope, I'm good to go
1: now, man. I'm good to
0: go. I, I got no more warrants. I got no oh, more. Oh, clear to stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm on probation right now till August. Okay.
0: So by August, theoretically, I'm you can done. maybe get help. I could be done. Well, and I'm working on a place. Now. I'm at the house of charity right, right You're now. talking about that, yeah. So I am kind of curious to kind of focus specifically on systematic system side of things advocacy or having an advocate having a person help you find these things like have you you've worked with different people who've tried to help you find these things i'm guessing right you've worked with people mm-hmm. what's that what's that been like because i don't think people always understand the, the there's some great things about advocates and then there's some things that are more complicated sometimes that you know but sometimes advocates is just really slow or, or it's I don't know, they're already overwhelmed with so many people they have to help out. You know, they, sometimes people get you know, through the cracks. I don't know. It varies. Tell me about your experience with working with advocates.
1: I haven't had a lot. I mean, especially okay. with my mindset, I mean, I, I, I don't know if people think I'm just such a squared away guy or what it is. Hmm. That, oh, maybe, you know. I mean, every time, that, I'm going to put it this way, every time that I've gotten in trouble and wanted to be put out of jail, the judge is like, well, Mr. Nelson, would you, we're, we'd like to put you on probation. Uh, conditional releases. are you ready to go? And I've done three, two, three months in jail. You're damn right I want to go. Now, does my background tell you that I've done well? Because I've never done good on probation ever in my life have I done good on probation.
2: Yeah.
1: Never in my life have I done it. But would I like to go? Yes, Your Honor, I'd like to go. Uh, I will be a good boy, I promise. And so... Where I'm at right now, brother. So you is, feel like they misread you a little bit and your ability um, to handle it? <laughs> most definitely. In, yeah. in this, they, they do, man. Um, Why do you think that is? Because I've been in war.
0: They have some I've level got, of empathy for you then, yeah? Well,
1: no, because they ain't seeing that, look, man, I got some anger issues. Right. I've got some trust issues with law enforcement. Mm. I've got some addiction issues. <laughs> problems, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. that have all need to be, and my thing is, look, you know, pot, Yeah, I smoke pot, man, Yeah. you know, and if, if we're going to keep sticking people in jail for pot,
2: yeah.
1: a long time for pot, it's, you know, and it seems to be doing all right in Colorado and Washington, you know, and I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, people getting stoned at
0: 15, 14, you know, no, I'm not.
1: But to put people away in jail for pot, you know, when alcohol is the biggest fucking problem.
0: I've heard debates and arguments over. Yeah, both sides. So
1: look, I mean, for me, it's man. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in the same situation now, mm-hmm. where I'm getting caught up in the same role. I leaving yeah. the place in the morning, coming out and doing the signing thing,
0: man.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Could you tell me a little bit about? Uh, you said you slipped outside at least once. I'm, I think right. You've you've slipped outside before. Since being homeless, have you only ever slept in a shelter or in a in a inside? Oh bus? no,
1: I've slept outside, man.
0: So tell me a little bit about that. We're like,
2: <laughs>
0: not well, to bring up terrible memories, no, but yeah, I
1: tell you what, man. I mean, like a couple of times, I remember I was downtown, in the, <laughs> and I'll tell you at the Crown Plaza downtown St. Paul, man. Uh, yeah, there used to be there's a big old dining room downtown, or on our second floor, and there's been a couple times where in the middle of the room, they got this big old round table, you know, this round table, they got tablecloth over it, you know, and people walk by it, you know, day after day after day. Well, there's been two times myself where I've curled up underneath that table, you know, I'm sleeping underneath the table, and all of a sudden there's a banquet going on, you know, the next morning. I'm, holy shit, you know, I'm with my backpack and everything, and look on the table, there's hundreds of people. Oh, shit, you know, so I'd... Just roll out, and I hear, "Oh my," you know, or "Oh dear," you know, and right. hey, no, no problem, guys. And I walk away, and it's just real embarrassing, man, you know, or. Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> My gosh yeah,
0: man, it's crazy. How do you even get in there? Is it a pretty accessible area well the, the, the Crown Plaza
1: Hotel yeah it's open 24 hours a day The skyways in St. Paul are always open okay unlike Minneapolis here, man so you can walk around there's places to sleep down there, but yeah. you know being on a comfortable uh, carpet that night you know or the couple you know I've slept there many times. I only got caught twice, but uh
2: uh-huh.
1: and then there's times uh you know walking by uh, these auto dealers. You know, they got, they're got they selling cars and stuff, you know, where sometimes they leave the door open, man. You just crawl in the backseat and sleep in the backseat of the car, man. Or, yeah. you know, or sleeping underneath a bridge, man. Where tell
0: me about sleeping underneath a bridge. I mean, I imagine that's the worst-case scenario for sleeping anywhere. It but is, right, man. Tell me about it. Because
1: it's, it's just so dangerous down there, man. It's, uh, you know, most of the time it's concrete. So, you you know, if it's cold out you it just sucks to— the heat rate right out of you man yeah. or there's trains running overhead man or there's you know the crocodilias you know the dude the other night he said the crocodilias you know there's the pushers and the all sorts of strange people out there that yeah. just you know you don't want it you got to sleep with an eye open and man
0: i mean have you slept? uh is usually what, what weather have you dealt with uh, out there i have
1: you know, for me, I, you know, because I know in St. Paul, Minneapolis, man, if you're cold or hungry, you're either lazy or stupid. Mm-hmm. So there's always a place to go to sleep or to
0: eat. Gotcha.
1: You know, so I've always been fortunate enough. I mean, there's been times where, I mean, for me, I mean, it costs about 250 bucks a night to go to detox. But there's mm-hmm. been times I go ahead and drink. Let me go ahead and knock on detox door, whether it be downtown here in Chicago, Chicago Avenue, or down by the police station in St. Paul. You know, knock it at the door, and crashing on detox. You know, it's jail food there, but it's a warm place to sleep. You know, it's the normal for me. Hey,
2: Matt, you're back. Hey, yeah. How you doing?
1: You know, and so, you know, i saying, you know, and I haven't been there in years, thank God. Hmm. You know, detox. I'm not far from it right now. Hmm. You know, just, you know, not today, but.
0: So, so getting back, not to switch gears too dramatically, but there's just some points i want to hit here um Mm -hmm. within the homeless experience panhandling signing whatever you want to call i call it signing you called it what would you call it? signing yeah what was the best thing anybody someone's ever given you as when when signing
1: you know for me the best thing when it happens man is i mean obviously the hundred dollar bill is a, a good one but when when a person rolls up i mean this i never forget these times a young lady rolls up, you know. I don't remember the kids in the car don't matter. But she rolls up. She's got tears in her eyes. She said, "You know, with my sign says, you know, a homeless U.S. Navy vet. Anything helps. God bless." Mm-hmm. She's saying, "Well, my dad was in the Navy, mm-hmm. you know." And, sweetheart, if I can just help you out, is what she says to me, you know. And, you know, I never forget. She gave me 120 bucks that day, and wow. you know, I, I've gotten more than that. Not much more, but. Uh, no, I've never gotten more than mm. that, you know it, it was just that you know i I didn't want to have her cry, man, but mm-hmm. I, I made her thought of her dad or something you know, and, yeah. and remind her of her dad, and, yeah you know, and she wasn't crying because she was you know she was just happy to help me. I'm like, mm. really, man, you know, or having that young kid roll up, you know young black kid, mm. you know me being a white kid mm-hmm. roll up, and there's this black kid that rolls up. You know, middle of the day, one o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, man. Here, man. There. Here's a. You know, hand me a hundred dollar bill.
2: Yeah.
1: Or having people ask me, "Would you like to go? Can I take you mm. to eat somewhere?" And you know, nine out of ten times, I, I'm like, "No, man. I've, 'cause I've had something to eat, and I'm just trying to get some money." But yeah, I've had. You know, I've went to uh, what Denny's with a dude one time, and I went to Arby's with a dude, a girl one time. You know, and just having
0: people that want to be in the same car with you, you know. Is it? You think it definitely helps that you have a uh, military, armed forces experience? Basically, like I, is that what they end up talking about a lot? Or because like, I think it does. You know, because yeah. a lot of
1: times I'll pull out my military ID and hold it next to my sign. You know, and I'm not out there, you know, slamming down drinks and right. holding onto a bottle and, right. you know, and I think that has a lot to do with it. But what it has to do with, you know, because. Guys are out here waving, you know, the guys on the corner waving, just smiling, trying to be positive, Mm -hmm. you know, to the people that are coming by, yeah, saying, look, man, you know, and just a little bit of eye contact and just smiling and saying, look, you know, we're real people too.
0: Yeah. 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 Do people, when, when people take you out to lunch or something like that, like, do do they I mean imagine they talk to you, right? So what do they talk uh, to you about? You know, hey,
1: what's you know, what's the problem, you know, you're hungry let's go eat, you know, go to the drive to or something, man, or you know, uh you know, there's been times too, you know where you get any drugs, you know, asking if I can get drugs or hmm. you know, there's been times too, I've been accosted for sexual things, man, but you huh. know you know, I, they you look at me right away, you know, you're gonna See, I'm a stand-up dude, man. Right. You know, I don't care what your sexual situation is, man. But right. if you're going to roll up on the corner asking a homeless dude for sex, man, you're going to see right in my eyes at <laughs> I may not be the one, you know.
0: Yeah, I can see uh, that. I can yeah. just see the look on your face, <laughs> the yeah. theoretical look on your face if someone said, you know, or uh, solicited such things. But, um, uh, I mean, I get the impression that, not that you're using your status as a vet to, for, to get help, but it does help. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's not bad. Well, because I think about
1: a lot of times when people are driving, especially vets, I see other vets, and sometimes I look at them, you know, whether it be the veteran's license plate. Yeah, yeah. Or when a veteran's head, I'm looking, you know, and you can see, you know, especially on the cold days, I'm kind of pissed off, and I'm like, you "You ain't no fucking Marine, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, but then I feel bad, man. I'm like, because I think, well, because I'll, especially what I'll do is I'll, I'll hide my sign when school buses pull up. Hmm. And when a school bus comes up and there's kids in it, I'll turn away. Okay. You know, and. Why is that? Just because I don't want the kids to, you know, the, the Navy didn't do this to me.
0: Gotcha. Okay. You know. You don't Navy, want them to associate that? No. With, okay. Exactly. No.
1: Okay. And I just don't want to see, you know, that this is a way that they can make a living because it's, <laughs> it's a way. Hmm. I mean, no shit, people make limbs out of it, but it's, it's
0: speaking to that point job pursuits since becoming homeless up to now like have you pursued jobs like what's what's that been like
1: a lot of times for me up to this point with my cancer that's coming back yeah um with the treatments that i've been in it's hard to focus on having finding that career mm. you know because no i'm not boasting it brother, that this cancer just seems to want to come back Mm -hmm. so often. So I don't focus on that. I try to focus on Mm. this housing. Gotcha. And that Section 8 voucher. And I've been working on that Section 8 voucher since about 2007. That's where I was going to get mixed up. You know, homeless in 2004, but about 2007, 2008, this HUD vets voucher was available Mm -hmm. to us vets. Mm -hmm. But I kept screwing it up, you know, whether it was going back to prison, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so for me right now – it's getting that hot vegetable voucher your back. Instead of living in St. Cloud, I would like to live in St. Paul. Just for that year. Because then I'm thinking moving out to Montana or Florida or something, someplace nice because I'm getting older, man. And, yeah. You know, and I, I get a, you know, I'm a service-connected vet, got hurt. And like I said, down in Guantanamo, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I got a little money coming in. And that, I'm waiting for that to restart now. Yeah. You know, yeah. just being out of. So yeah, man. It's
0: so you do. So to you, in a sense, getting a job, like finding employment, basically, is not necessarily a priority. It's more about housing first in your mind, more or less, making sure you can establish housing, making sure that you don't get in a situation where you you're something negatively affects that housing, staying you know housing, and even like you're you know trying to be responsible yourself and and, and not making those choices. I mean, okay. And let me ask you this then: in a scenario where it worked out again, say, at the end of in August. and in, Let's say in, at the end of August, you know, you, your parole cleared up. You got that housing you needed. It might not come that quickly, but in a theoretical example, it did. And you ended up in a housing situation where it was good. You liked it. You know, it was comfortable. People were pretty cool. It's kind of the same thing as what you had. But... Even, I would even just, like, a teenager, <laughs> you know, live there or whatever. I don't know. And even, like, nearby had drugs. You found out about that. And they were like, hey, you're a vet. Let's smoke up together. I don't know, whatever. Like, do you feel like you could restrain yourself, or where you out with it?
1: Well, again, now, my thing, now, being on probation and being on the streets, for me, if I, if I got a place, yeah. I'm not gonna move to Colorado or Washington just to smoke pot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I know that pot in this state's gonna get me arrested. Right, it's gonna get me arrested. But if I got an apartment, because I like to drink,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that voucher to where I can live in my place. And if I want to move to another state that does smoke pot, I can go ahead and move there. Right, right. But for right now, man, I want to get this voucher. Mm-hmm. Do my drinking at home, where I'm not running the streets, fighting, hey, man, man. This is my corner, man. Get off my corner, you know. And that doesn't happen around
0: here, man. But I've heard, I've seen. I was going to ask you about that, but I mean, people fighting over corners, which is a whole other topic. But sure. But you haven't really experienced that yourself too much. Once just, it happened over here. Yeah. I'm curious about that, but we'll get to that if I if it seems appropriate. But that mm-hmm. said, so you're you, okay. So the scenario I just explained. Swap out um, pot-, pot smoking for alcohol mm. and you were caught with the young, with the underage kid. Even if you, you like, I, I imagine you're not going to... Now you're making to, me sound like a fucking... I know, uh, right? I, know, I don't imagine that you would like drink with an underage kid. Don't get me wrong. But maybe you didn't know he was or maybe you were just in a bad state of mind. Whatever. No, like, what do
1: you think? If I got an apartment, man, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be flipping through channels drinking my beer whatever sure. you know
0: you be to yourself is what you're saying
1: do my rock and roll thing play my guitar man cuz i can't carry a guitar out here honestly you have a guitar man. i don't okay. i don't no okay. but i play the shit out of some guitar man you know it's you no know, my thing man cuz i'm getting older now man yeah. Yeah. and for me for me to the biggest thing cuz i'm 44 i would like to i'd like to get married hmm. and sure i'd like to maybe have a kid yeah but definitely have the old lady in my life mm-hmm. having an apartment um being able to smoke pot eventually one day you know because i'm just that they were right. as i just love smoking in pot sure. you know <laughs> but i can't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna risk my girlfriend's uh freedom or my freedom and the, re- the reason
0: i asked that question is because it kind of seems like you did I with the last voucher situation so like yep. i'm wondering like how what would be different this this if you had that opportunity again like what do you know? I'm trying to understand. Six months, <laughs> you know. It,
1: it's it's no shit. It's right now. It's five. You know, August. Mm-hmm. When I'm done in August, man, shit, uh, I can drink.
0: You know, and yeah. Well, things will be different. Is I guess what I'm wondering for you the way the way you like make your choices. Because and I'm stuff not like that. I, because
1: man, I'm not. I wasn't on the streets buying dope. You know, this last bar tree though, I wasn't. I was at home drinking, Right. and I was at home with. My neighbors, yeah. bless their hearts, man, right. it was, they were, hey, slick, man, man, right. want to take a puff out? Oh, well, all right, you know, and that was in my own home. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't out there, and I wasn't running the streets fine looking for dope, right. you know, or trying to drink, man. Do you understand my
0: question, though? Like, if that happened what's again with be the different? next
1: one. Yeah, what's going to be different? I've got help right now to where hmm. I'm, I'm not using illegal drugs. Sure. And I'm not going to use illegal, illegal drugs. I'm not. Right, right.
0: So you feel um, like you've wisened up is what you're saying. Like I you, have. you feel like you've you've had that bad experience. You've made those choices and you're like, I can't do that to myself yeah, again. Yeah, because I'll much, end up back out here cause again. Because it's illegal. And you'll be, yeah, it's legal. It'll, it'll get me either in jail or it'll get me in just bad situations where I just won't have that housing, whatever the case. Like yeah. you feel like you, you, you're you smarter now is what you're saying. I'd like to think so. <laughs> fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I, I hear you. Well, I hope you are. You know? I hope... I hope it works out that way. Come August, you know, at the end of the month, at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm always kind of curious, like to go back a little bit um, to fighting over corner situation. The reason I want to know about that mm-hmm. is because I swear every time I've seen that happen, I think to myself that must be the lowest possible like situation a person can find themselves in because no, i mean no. I mean there's low place points in homelessness of course but when you're literally arguing with someone else for a corner that's already feeling it's already a demeaning thing to have to do anyway and you're fighting for someone else against someone else to do that thing that you hate doing anyway like i don't know i just i just it it did hurt i don't know it bothers me deep down i'm just like i mean not that I need to, you know, whatever. Me feeling deep down is not a big deal compared to the deep downness of how they feel. But I don't know. Like, what what, what happened there? What was that situation like? Well, I can,
1: again, it happened um, a block over here. Man. Okay, it, sure. It was a young kid, young white kid that, I guess that day, he was, he was out there for about, I don't know how long he was out here. But I came over here, and there was a, another vet that I knew that was over here. I said, hey, man. I, yeah. How long are you be out here? Well, I'll be over a little while. But that
2: dude over here, he's
1: been on here for five fucking hours, man. Let's go mm-hmm. talk to him. I said, well, why? Because five hours? I say, well, here, Let's go talk to him. You know him. Mm. Walked over him and said, look, man. You know, we're a couple of vets here, man. I I seen you out here a couple of times. You're a young kid, man, and I I kind of know you're not homeless, man. Uh, can can you give us a half hour? or something? Oh man, fuck you, man. It's my corner, you know. And like, hey, hey, hold up, man. You know, I've been coming out here for years, as a matter of fact, you know, and yeah. this cad here, I mean, he's obviously got, you know, he's missing a leg or whatever, you know, and I'm just asking him as a man, well, fuck you. I said, man, well, fuck you then. Stand the fuck up, man, and i tell you what, man, we can take care of this shit right now, you know, and yeah. he pulled out a knife, and, you know, I'm kind of standing back, and a lady rode by, him. you two grow the fuck up in the car. We, <laughs> You know, like, there's some fucking sense right there you, got, you know <laughs> right. so I walked away you know and yeah well the next day I'm out here and the same dude man he uh, I'm over here and he comes running he, he I see him on the phone he's looking at me I'm like looking back I'm like yeah man I'm still here what man you do what you you need? he's on the phone I said man whatever man I mean, yeah, all of a sudden a car pulls up and a couple of his boys get out and they say, Oh, man. <laughs> so I hauled ass across the street oh, here, man. And one, two days later, I talked to him. I said, "Look, man, you know it ain't got to be about that, man. You know, uh, you know we, it is what it is." What's man. up with that kid? I don't know. And he ended up, you know, this is about four, fucking four years, three years ago or so. And I'm not sure what happened to him. And mm-hmm. but we, we're cordially, you know, hey, we give ourselves, you know, elbow room. Gotcha.
0: So you've kind of made amends a little
1: yeah, bit more. Anyway. Yeah, we made amends,
0: man, you know. and But, I mean, like, even in those situations, like, you're like, this is, I mean, it's already a pain in the ass to be homeless. But that's <laughs>
1: how it should be, though, man. The thing is, yeah. look, man, you can make rules up, you know, and people that work and stuff, but a yeah. corner's a corner, man. You ain't got to move for nobody. Hmm. You ain't got to move for nobody.
0: So mm-hmm. that's when you just back off and let them do the right, thing until yeah, they're man, done.
1: Because sometimes you don't make nothing. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're out there, you know, no shit. This last couple of days has been, holy shit, you know, a buck or two every hour, you know. Yeah. And it's like,
2: yeah.
1: you know, and some days just 20 bucks every 15 minutes, you know. Mm.
0: Do you think it makes a difference in the holidays compared to non-holidays? The, the holiday, Christmas
1: and Thanksgiving, Yeah, you can't go wrong. I mean, I mean, you may be able to make a house payment if you're out there all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I ain't going to go with that. I know,
0: yeah. You know, but, that's not quite true. But I it's know, a lot, I yeah. Know, yeah,
1: you know, a hundred bucks, a couple of hours, no problem. Yeah. You know, Christmas and Thanksgiving is the best days. And, but it's the hardest days, too, you know, because oh, yeah. you obviously ain't got a place to go.
0: I was going to say, what's it like to be homeless in the holidays?
1: You know, it's it's like every other day.
0: You don't really I think know. about it?
1: No no and you know you look you look forward to the meals mm. that are having because you're thinking oh tomorrow you know during the day or the mission's gonna serve this but come the next day and you're like you know I'm saying? I, I've eaten I've had you know a couple donuts today you know mm-hmm. but what you start thinking about is uh, you know when you're out there day after day you know uh, I mean because I get what I get worried about now is that I'm falling into that trap now mm. it's Cause it's kind of easy money a little bit where I can mm-hmm. get up, you know, you know, how you want to spend your day, Matt? you want to go run a sign? And you know, for me, it's seeing the people cause I grew up in St. Paul for me, it's seeing the people I grew up with going, Matt, is that you? Oh, hell no. You know, or, mm. you know, seeing a family member, you know, and which, you know, <laughs> Hey, it is what it is, man. How do they treat you typically? Well, it's only happened a couple of times.
0: You know, yeah. I've had
1: my cousin, man, roll up and all. Hey, man, get in, man, you know, and it is what it is. And, do mean, they know
0: you're homeless, most of your family at this yeah, point? Yeah. Do they do much about it? I mean, or do you not want I to? Say, they say, hey,
1: man, here's my number. give me a call. Gotcha. You know?
0: Do they let you stay with them sometimes? Yeah. Sure. Do you? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it hasn't been, you know, because I can take care of myself, you know.
0: Do you are you want to? You have the mindset that you don't want to be a burden to anybody else. So you typically stay away more often than not. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that's healthy?
2: Nope.
1: <laughs> nope. Because if I were to just give them a call, you know, and, and say, "Look, you know, um, I miss you." You know, if, if I had you in my life, yeah. You know, um,
0: I miss you. You know, I just my yeah. family means. Yeah. To get back to the family part of it, I know that you mentioned that your uh, father, well, you, we, when it came to your parents, we ended talk, We stopped talking about them a little bit when your mother passed. So tell me a little bit about you know, life after that with your father and stuff that you remember anyway.
1: You know, I was 2001, mom passed away. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And my dad had never lived alone in his life. He always had his parents, you know, whatever. He was, adop- he was adopted, but anyways. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, so it was like,
1: my dad, he didn't ever live by himself. He didn't know how to cook, you know, or yeah. do shit for himself. I mean, of course he knew how to, you know. He's a microwave guy. Maybe have guy. a job, microwave guy, <laughs> yeah, you know, shit, man. Yeah. And, uh, so it was just hard seeing him, you know, because I lived by myself for quite a while up to that point, man. But just watching my dad going through that point in his life where he didn't you know really know how to you know never forget
2: but I baked my first cake you know, right on dad you know you know <laughs> you that's
1: know. funny yeah it was awesome man but it was just he he didn't take care of himself that well and mm. you know he was in the guns you know and OS society He loved the OS thing you know?
0: Yeah that was pretty much What he focused on Mostly I'll bet huh?
1: Yeah so he moved back Down to Tombstone So you
0: were telling me About that yeah okay Yeah um, Did you see him Much after that
1: No I think he moved Away right around 2007 down there again Okay And you No know, we only kept In contact by phone And I was in prison Another time or two During okay. that time and, Okay Yeah uh, Yeah he passed away
0: 2010 okay when he was down there
1: when he was down there and he left everything to me
0: okay well where did he pass away from he had a heart attack oh, sorry. okay
1: yeah he had a heart attack and uh and of course I went down there and I mean freaking Arizona sold his guns because mm. he had a lot of guns in Arizona <laughs> shit. and so I got put in jail down there Wait,
0: wait, what? That's a strange twist. What, I know, I? I got caught
1: with one of his guns, man. Sold oh. all of his guns to, to legitimate people, you know, all cowboys down there and stuff. But uh, okay. one gun, yeah, I got caught with
0: what, down there. Was it a, did he have it illegally or what? No, it was, no,
1: his neighbor came over and it was an old uh, ball in Flint, yeah, uh, like a Pirate's gun. You okay. know, but it was a forty-five caliber ball you know, and okay. had his name and gold on the side of it, but uh, I got stuck in Nogales jail, Nogales of all the places in Arizona, man, to be stuck in jail. And I thought Ramsey County jail was bad, man, but mm. Nogales, man, I tell you what, man, they didn't speak English, time, but they dropped the charges.
0: Okay. So you were in Arizona, you were in Arizona, end up in jail, uh, mm. because of a gun, I take it. Mm. Um, I mean, we can go into that, but I, it's probably a long story that's not necessary. Yeah. But even just like the mourning process <laughs> of having lost your father and stuff. I mean, you might not have known him that well at that point, but you're, he's still your father. Like, did your were you doing all that by all alone? Did you have cousins with you at all? Like, was it just you dealing with it all?
1: Yeah, I had my aunt okay. and oh, my right. aunt's boyfriend that were able to drive me down there. I mean, no shit, I was at the mission at the time. Okay, you know I somebody called for my family. I'm like, what? And I called my uncle, Matt, your dad died. I mm-hmm. not you know. So I wrapped it up, went and stayed with my aunt for a day or two. We figured out I was going down, down in Arizona and we were able to drive down there. I was able to sell my dad's house. And you know, luckily at the time there was a kind of like a big swap meet going on there, in Sierra Vista, Arizona. And I was able to sell a lot of his stuff down there because we didn't, I couldn't carry it back. I didn't have Mm -hmm. no place to put it either, man. And my family really didn't have a place to put it. So we uh, sold a lot of his stuff and and had a lot of money at the time too, you know, and Mm. it kind of sucked because, you know, at that time too, I was in the throes of drug addiction, Mm. you know, I spent a lot of his money on,
0: you know, what have you. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. You talked about having a girlfriend, or wanting to have a girlfriend, anyway. Like, did you have a much of romantic life at this point, like or, it, it, no. in your in your twenties, thirties, whatever? From
1: no, you know, out in Portland, you know, be, time before that, you know, all the service times, I had, you mm-hmm. know, I've had plenty of you know girlfriends or whatever, man. It was sure. No real long lasting stuff. But gotcha. two thousand four, when it became homeless, mm-hmm. and doing the homeless thing yeah yeah no it yeah. was you know one night stands and what have you all the way up to this point now
0: gotcha so you had never really been in a real romantic relationship in no. a while Mm-mm. i mean okay so we got to this point where uh and now this was back in 10 years ago or so right or maybe no no this maybe about five years ago five six years ago with your last year father and having been in arizona you came back here eventually right Obviously, yeah, right away. Yeah. So when they when you came back here, it was kind of just back to homelessness as usual kind of thing, or, or like what was what was coming back here like at the time?
1: Yeah, I mean, because it wasn't coming back; it was just going down there and coming right back. Got it. Okay. Know? So yeah, okay. and uh,
0: it wasn't you didn't stay there long, you Yeah. Okay. Did, Other than the jail you know, thing, yeah.
1: And I was on the streets yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the money to get a place, get a car, get everything, man. But yeah. I was on the streets at that time, and when I came back with all that money,
2: yeah.
1: the friends that I had. In St. Paul here, just kind of, hey, man, you know, old and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I had many plans, and that's when I got the tattoo on the arm. Okay. Slick. Okay. Just to memorize, you know, the times I had with Pop.
0: Sure. What were your favorite memories of him? Or what are your favorite memories of him?
1: You know, and just him being a badass biker and, you know, being a squared-away sailor and yeah. being a good dad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same was, with your mother? What about your mother? I and my mom. I mean, she was the glue of the family. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, us three. Yeah. Um, the worker. Yeah. You know, pretty, you know. Or oh, wait or not, she just, you know, if I ever wanted a wife in my life, it would
0: be mm-hmm. someone that's just like her. Mm. Yeah. So when you came back here, that's been about five years or so now, five or six years. I mean... What's, five, what's the last five or six years been like, basically the same? Are they trying to find, keep housing, losing it, streets, shelter? It's,
1: it's, it's always been working on a Section 8 voucher. Okay. The whole thing has been getting a Section 8 voucher, but it's been, you know, with, again, the the, the shelter life. Getting yeah. up at 6 in the morning, having yeah. to be out till, yeah. you know, at night. Well, what do you do during that time? Mm-hmm. What, what have I learned to do since 2004? Man, it's going out and running aside. Mm-hmm you know, and it kind of being a loner, you know, because you know, I want to be, have my, this spot's my own spot now, mm-hmm. make my own money and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I do after that. And so it's, I mm-hmm. of that. And every now and then going to meet family, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the holidays, but it's trying to give them a call and let them know, well, I just get out of prison again or, you know, I, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I got cancer again or, you know, so they come out and see me or whatever. And, you know, living at the VA, uh, the veteran's home for a while there too.
0: What's it like having cancer and being homeless anyway? Because cancer well, hurts your, I mean, it makes, you lose energy, right? Yeah, I mean, you can not you can't
1: be, I mean, no shit, you can't be running streets doing chemo and stuff. So yeah. that's, you know, a lot of times I was um, living in the St. Cloud VA um, or at the Veterans Home. Mm-hmm. The two times that I had that and the third time when it came back in 2015, I was had my voucher here in St. Cloud. hmm so the three times that I came back, luckily Lab had a place to be at and kind of...
0: So they'll take you in and help you out and give you... Yeah. How, is it easy to get there? Do you, like, take a bus there when you have to or whatever? Do you get a ride there or, like... There's vans. Vans, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a cell phone at this point?
1: No, not okay. at this point. I'm, I'm, again, I'm out. It's three and a half weeks I've been out now. Mm. And so I'm working on
0: getting... Out of... Prison. Prison, okay. Oh, I didn't... Realize. Wait, so after the voucher, after that housing ended, you were in prison? Mm-hmm. And okay, okay. I didn't realize that was part of the timeline. And that's why you're in parole until August, right? Nah. Gotcha. Okay. If you could have a job right now, if you, could, if, you, if you could choose a job that you would love to have right now that you have always wanted to do or, or you feel like you have the skill set or whatever the case may be, like what would be the dream job for you right now? Do you think you, if you, we're offered something right now. And besides being a rock and roll singer and the best band in
1: the world. <laughs> besides that. Yes. Besides that. I think I'd like to be a nurse or something, man.
0: Nurse. Okay. Uh, why isn't my nurse? Just because I'd like to help people, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't like smelly things, man, but if I could be a nurse, <laughs> you know, I, I'd stick a plug on my nose, man. I would just want to help. I mean, cause the nurses are the greatest people that have helped me out. I've not liked
0: a lot of them. <laughs> you know, just because,
1: yeah, no, you're not going to stick me with that dealer, you
0: know. Yeah, just, yeah. You didn't like it for doing their job, but yes, you but were glad that they did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. Hmm. And so I'd like to be a nurse. But once I get this place, man, it's, mm-hmm. you know, six months, you know, just because I'm drinking, they ain't going to send me back to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, but it did this time, yeah. It was, yeah. I didn't get caught smoking pot, it was, I was drinking, probation officer. I've been drinking,
2: yeah,
1: you know, and I let him know that, and that's what sent me back to prison this time.
0: If you could start all over from the time I don't know when you were consciously able to make solid adult decisions or whatever, what would you do differently than you in, in hindsight? I would have. Come up a little closer to the mic, too. What would
1: I've done differently, man?
0: I mean, obviously, you can't do a lot about now, but maybe you can, or it might be useful for someone else to think about.
1: You know, I, I know. I mean, one thing I wish i had just, I wish I never started doing drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's something that I can consciously. I mean, <laughs> looking back, well, I had
2: no choice, man. I had to smoke that joint. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: forced to take that acid, right. you know, and go roller skating, man. But <laughs> I just, I wish I'd have never, you know, okay. started doing drugs, man.
0: Yeah. Anything else?
1: And I wish I'd got married. Hmm. I wish I'd have got married. Um, but when I'm doing illegal things, man, especially you know whether it's a teenager or a young adult, man, uh, you always got that possibility of that one person or yourself being taken away from one another, and that's mm-hmm. just never gonna do it, man. If there's always some well, there's a chance my boyfriend got be you know, maybe put in jail tonight. Well, it can't work, man. You know, whether it's buying dime bags of pot or you know, kilos of cocaine, man, it yeah. don't matter. In the state, yeah. if it where it's illegal, it's illegal.
0: Yeah. Matthew, what yeah. is your dream now? What do you, I, it kind of might go along the same lines as a job, your dream job or whatever, but what do you dream of doing now and what, what kind of steps do you think you need to take to get there?
1: My dream now is to be a husband. I want to be married, man.
2: I want a baby. <laughs> you want to be a family man.
1: <laughs> I do, man. 44, man. I just want that. I mean, with my pension and stuff and the possibility of getting my place back now, I just want to, I, I don't want to die alone. Hmm. You know, now, not that I'm going to die that damn soon, but right. my, I, I want to be married.
0: I want to, I would like to have a baby. Is your cancer in remission now or is it still? Yeah, it's remission. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's what you were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm and so you're still kicking man
1: i'm still yeah rocking and rolling
0: (laughs) do you have anything else you want to share matthew anything that you haven't covered and we haven't covered that you thought might be good to talk about at all
1: you know i guess you know the biggest thing is that there are so many good people you know it's got to be in the world man because i see it from different states and everything and even you dan Mm. is that There's some great people out here, man, and you know whether it's if I've been drinking or sober, it don't matter, man. It brings a tear to my eye just thinking about, you know, what a great state I live in.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, it's just awesome, man. And there's good people out there, everywhere.
0: Right on, man. Matthew, dude, you rock, man. Thank you for for your time. I appreciate you. You're welcome. It's been a
1: long time. I'm glad I was. Able to do this with you, Dan. Most well, definitely. It's great to see you again. Hopefully, see you again soon.
0: All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody.